good to go. And you guys can sort through uh, what you would like your order of watch to be this evening, if any. Um, I, I would definitely take first watch. Yeah, and if if we're doubling, Andre is spending time um, uh, casting gentle repose on all these bodies, and that would uh, and that would be ritual casting. So he'll be up for a little bit. So I'll I guess. Sorry. Um, I guess he left you, Edric, okay? So I guess let's assume that that's done, if that's okay with you, DM. And then Andre will go to bed. Then who's done? Um, uh, well, Edric and I had a conversation, and then Andre said, I'm going to bed. So if if you're okay with assuming that the gentle repose has been ritual casted, that's yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seventy, eighty minutes. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah, no problem. You guys would have been up kind of, um, I think Edric was doing a little foresting for you. And, um, you know, you guys are having, I'm assuming a small, small fire kind of huddled against this rocky alcove. Luckily, the cold is kind of preventing any sort of smell of rot from any of these creatures that lay dead close to your proximity. Uh, so Edric is taking first watch. Is anybody relieving him? Krug said he'd take the second. Krug. And I'll have Greg just fly around, perch on the trees, keep watch, and if he sees anything, I will instruct him to peck me and, and yell. Okay, no problem. Um, are you guys going to go for a long rest here? Are we doing kind of two-hour watches? Okay. Odre could take last watch if if we want to split it into three to make make her better odds that everyone gets a long rest. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um. Uh, yeah. I was just going to say, uh, uh, Dan mentioned that we had a conversation. Did we actually have a conversation? I think you and I had a little chat and. Um, you were talking, Edric was talking about his queen a little bit, a little bit, uh, kind of ambiguously. And um, I kind of, it was right at the end of the session, and I identified okay. with that, and I, I just mentioned that my queen had motivated me as well. Right, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> I do remember that. I had completely forgotten that, so that's good. Well, good thing we record these. Yeah, yeah. it was all about um, kind of my comment of what are you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, while that's going on, Edric kind of has his back to Andre and is is wrapping. I don't know if you would notice it, but like he he has a what looks like a a light blue fabric that he pulls out from like deep within his jacket and clothing and you see him slowly like trying to as discreetly as possible while still staying near the fire to keep warm uh, around his burn mark and he might be offhandedly answering your question and having that conversation with you while doing that but trying to keep his back to your eye line I'll, I'll note it but I won't investigate too hard. I'll note it for later. 
I, I took the liberty of sliding the goblins uh, a little further away. Um, there wasn't much left of them. Um, so it's a lot of them were exploded against the rocks. And then, um, while everybody, like, uh, while that conversation is ended and everybody's bedding down and Edric's fully, like, kind of wrapped up and stuff, he's going to just remove his weapons. Um, not knowing whether or not you guys are familiar with them, he knows that they're, they're rare and unique weapons. And, but not that they're so rare or anything. So we can just, I don't know whatever anybody's level of familiarity with like rifles and pistols are in this world, but uh, yeah. And take them out and just start kind of cleaning them and loading them up and doing the ritual of getting those ready for the next encounter. While he's keeping watch, I guess. Yeah. So you're kind of spending your time halfway between Keeping your eye on this wrapped up goblin you've kind of got tied down to the slip. You guys have managed to roll this ogre away from the sled. And Edric, you kind of gaze out through the open time. Almost ceremoniously cleaning your weapons. First hour goes by, uneventfully. And as you head into your second hour, you can start to... Your keen ears can catch... You you can catch some... Almost scratching through the snow, kind of from out to the southeast. Okay, um, Edric will not put out the fire, but like try to just... He, he's been maintaining the fire in such a way that it, it provides the maximum amount of heat with the least amount of light kind of thing, like just keeping it low and hot. And uh, sheltered by rocks and that sort of thing definitely helps. Um, and in hearing that, um, he will... So everybody's asleep. So he'll grab the goblin guy and kind of drag him closer to the party to try to just like hunker down a little bit. Yeah. As, as you, as you kind of, you, you grab him and it almost startles him awake, but he's gagged uh, from, from previous uh, gaggings of Edric and you kind of drag him towards the fire. And as you peer out into the tundra, uh, you start to see these, just the outlines as they kind of creep closer and closer towards your camp. Uh, who, who? Sorry, who's next in the wake-up? You're going to be waking up Krug. Okay. And you can kind of see... You can see on the map now... Wolves... As they're slowly... Stopping to smell the air. You can see at this distance with your dark vision. You can, you know, you can make out the form of these beasts. Um, I, I actually can't. So, if that's <laughs> if that's a thing I'm actually meant to see, then I don't see it. Uh, you can see them down towards the south. Nope. Uh, oh shit! That is not what I meant to do. Can you? You can. Can you see that? No. 
because oh. uh, I have that limited vision that you set up for the storm. Hold on one second. Let's quickly get you sorted once again. Should be fun. That open up your vision at all? Well, regardless, um, your vision so, would pick would pick up these creatures, of kind of beginning to slowly, slowly head towards your camp. So they're they're obviously like heading towards us. Yes, very um, slow, yeah, almost yeah, crawling slow. So I'd like to. So Edric will see them, and and maybe his presence isn't known, but. He'd like to like, just kind of step out in front a little bit, just like like a, I am, f- ten feet away from the fire, towards them, and, and make a bit of a. Whoa, Jesus! Holy cow! Okay, gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> you once were blind, and now you see. <laughs> yeah, for real. And uh, just kind of like get start to make a an intimidating presence, essentially, like. He doesn't want. They don't want to fuck with us. If they're if they're looking for a quick and easy meal, they're not going to find it here. Yeah, as you as you kind of stand up and you're you're quite small, um, you do notice right away that these wolves are considerably smaller than the wolves you would kill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, still a large animal. You see um, this one kind of make its way close to the wolf as he kind of starts sniffing down towards the wolf, almost like he's starting to gnaw at its, at its heel. Oh, okay. So I'll, I'll just ready, I'll, I'll unhinge the blade from my bayonet and uh, I'll just keep it in my hand. But just kind of keep my eyes on them and kind of my 360 perception around the camp. And as you're watching, you can see two of them come in. They're being very slow and very quiet as they start to, as you could imagine, there's not a lot of food on this tundra as you've already discovered in, in your time just poking around trying to us for anything. As they begin to kind of gnaw and dig away at the dire wolf, you know, gnaw, gnawing at its flesh. Um, and as they do, whoa, everything just uh, shifted. Map issues here. And as you kind of near that two hour mark, Are you having some technical difficulties? There we go. See my map wolf. is white. Yeah, my wife, Matt, Matt is, bleh, my map is white as well. <clears throat> and Matt is not. Uh, we'll, we'll play this. I, 
it didn't do anything to change anything there. So I don't know why all of a sudden it. But they, uh, are, are these two hour shifts? Is that what we were? Talking? Yeah, so you're kind of nearing the end of your shift. Um, you can hear, you know, the, the very faint as they're, they're trying to be very quiet as they kind of gnaw at this dire wolf and, and start to pull them away. It's just about the end of your shift. And I'm going to get you to pull out a d20 of chance, and I'd like you to roll that for me. Say that again? Uh, you're looking for a 17 or higher. Just flat? Just a 20? flat d20 roll. Luck of good. Dice of chance. Um, and yeah, so with that, you basically just have these wolves kind of gnawing on this dire wolf. And another one you can hear just behind the embankment, you know, chewing on a goblin. You can hear it starting to pull at it and drag it on. Okay, so particularly oh, interested in you. Okay, so um, as we're reaching the two-hour mark, I'm gonna Edric will go up to Krug, and, and gently, quietly, nudge him awake. Uh, <clears throat> yes, math time is. Krug, Krug, shh, shh. And then uh, he points out over to the south. Points at the dire wolves, or sorry, the wolves, and then just makes it like just holds up three fingers. Ah, uh, drug whispers. See, I'll yeah. keep my distance. Are they pretty tame? I, th- I think they're uh, just feeding on the corpses we left behind. So if they if they fill their bellies, I think they'll be. They'll leave us alone. Sure. Try, try to keep the fire at this level so that we don't raise any suspicions or there's not a lot of smoke. Of course. Get your rest. Take it from All right. And Edric will nuzzle down. And... Krug is um, doffed of his armor, so he's wrapped up in it cloth and uh, coat but grabs a sword um, he's going to sit on the cart of iron maybe like kind of behind it yep. just just so we can keep an eye on those uh, those wolves if you can get a vantage to look all the way around us great yeah you get a good vantage point you also get a little bit of you know you're kind of hidden from sight underneath this Harp that covers the the iron. You're a little bit closer now, and you can hear the the wolves aren't snarling at all, but they're you can hear the cracking of bones and the. And the... Kind of making me hungry. You uh. you get you get the feeling as you kind of start to listen that perhaps one or two more have kind of joined the fray as they're digging into this wolf. So do I, does, is my count? You can see about four or five now. Uh, you note that the wolves are considerably smaller than the dire wolf. 
and they they pause and stop you know every couple minutes and you can hear them listening to the wind and smelling the smoke and smelling the air they're being very cautious they they know they're in a dangerous area and they they, they can't help it they need to eat Krug just keeps a close eye on him to his back as well, best he can, and tries not to tice them. Yeah, the the time goes by slowly as you gaze out into the tundra. It's it's quite well lit as well. You don't have I mean, on top of your night vision you can see you can see all the better because of the the glowing green and blue fire that lights the sky above you. And as your shift comes to a close, I'll get you to give me a d20 roll as well. You're looking for a 17 or higher. And you can, as the time passes, the two hours comes to a close. Uh, And still the wolves are there, causing no problems, just cleaning the mishap of other creatures. And then, do you have to wake up Sorn? Is, is Sorn taking a watch? And was it Sorn or Andre? Well, so, well so I, I don't know if Sorn was taking a watch or if Greg was just just flying around. I, I mean, uh, Greg is just flying around all night, so... Oh, I guess you don't need to, you don't need to technically rest. I thought it was. I, thought, I think I'm picking up Andre. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Andre said, "Yeah, if we're doing two hours, then we'll we need uh, eight hours. hours of watch." Oh, I got. It. But Andre is happy to go any anytime. Happy to watch. And then so we need eight. We need a full eight hour watch. Is that yeah? What? So sorry, sorry yeah. needs. Okay. Then I'll take a two hours, the third. Solid. Uh, so Krug is about the two hour mark. Maybe he stays for ten minutes more just to just to really get a handle on the situation. Make a count of the wolves again. Go over to Sorn. Gently pat him on the shoulder. Sorn. Sorn, you're up, bud. Get some rest. Right, just a heads up. We got a we got a few few wolves out there. We, looks like they're just feasting on some corpses. All right, I'll keep an eye on them. Krug takes a big, uh, gets comfy, and uh, heads to bed. Oh, so I actually look through Greg. Just have Greg fly above him. 80, 90 feet above them, just kind of keep an eye on them from above. Yeah, Greg gets a really good look. Uh, again, these wolves are now ensconced in what they're doing. They're definitely getting the fill. You count five in total. Uh, most of them are working at the dire wolf. A couple others have started to rip and tear at the goblins. And as Greg is high up in the air, he can see a little bit out further into the tunnel. And Soren, I'll get you to roll me a d20 of chance. Uh, you're going to be looking for a 15 or higher. 
as Greg circles high in the air, looking, looking down on the tundra, uh, he sees nothing but darkness for nearly half a mile around. Nothing but the sound of the wolves rhythmically eating away the carcasses around you. And your two hours passes eventually. All right, I'll give up control, and then uh, I'm waking up Andre. Yes, indeed. I'll go and uh, tap on Andre's shield. It's your turn, sir. Andre wakes. Thank you. All right. He gets up slow, kind of leaning on his knee, and stands by the fire, so it's kind of illuminating him. And what do you do to pass the time? Okay. Um, I'm Soren, I'm assuming you'll let me know about the wolves, hey? Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, no worries. Point out that there's five wolves feeding on the corpses, but they haven't made any aggressive moves. All right. And as you point that out, you can, you can begin to hear the sounds of, of the bone and the tendons tearing. And again, uh, I'll instruct the familiar to kind of keep an eye out and peck <laughs> me if he sees anything hostile. Andre looks long at the at the familiar. The it's it's a raven, correct, Sorn? Yes, it is. Yeah, he has a long look at it and kind of a a slow pause. It says, "Thank you." Kind of turns, puts his back against the fire to have a good look at uh, just at at the wolves and keep an eye on them. And he watches for probably the first 20 minutes just to make sure that they're still kind of staying, keeping their space. And then uh, he's going to pull out. He's got a little um, little bobble that hangs from his neck. And uh, he's going to draw a little symbol in the snow. And he's going to take one knee still facing the wolves uh, with the fire lighting him. And uh, he's going to whisper quietly with his head bowed. I want you to know that I am still here. I haven't made my present known to you recently, but I am here. Please guide me. Guide me on your thoughts on this stranger. People distrust the draw. There's history, as you know. I distrust him. Watch over me, my lady. Always in thy service. May the thread be ever taught. And uh, he's gonna and, tighten. Sorry, keep going. He's gonna tighten his gloves and just hang hang his head low with that thought for a little bit, just meditating on it. And with that, I will get you to 
pull out the D20 of chance, and you'll be looking for 17 or higher. <clears throat> As the, the green and blue of the evening begin to fade, the, what would be the first light? Uh, you don't see sun or anything through the gray and the cloud, uh, but the sky does brighten. Uh, and you know that dawn is upon you. As you've completed your last watch, um, you look out on the tundra as the wolves, seeing the light come in, begin to grab the last bones and pieces of flesh that they can fit into as they pack away. And your watch is complete. Andre's gonna throw some old salted meat from his past ship just on one of the rocks beside the fire. She says, Time to wake. Rug stretches out wide. Uh, not as comfy as the inn, but feel like I'm resting. Yeah, Edric gets up slowly and just kind of takes everything in again. When he gets up, um, would he see the symbols in the snow and or recognize them? Ooh. Um, Andre wouldn't have covered them up because they'd be very kind of a mix of like <clears throat> very holy to him, but at the same time, uh, he wouldn't be afraid of you know hiding it necessarily. So it would be a very you know ad hoc, um version of the you know the the raven's head facing left okay so it would definitely recognize the symbol totally most definitely and i would definitely know you did it because it wasn't there before my watch yeah okay yeah it, it looks very eerily similar to the ad hoc version of the raven facing left that's on his shield right Same looking at the shield, shield. right <laughs> yeah <laughs> looking at the shield you could probably guess he did it himself it wasn't nicely done <laughs> All right, so we've got to figure out how to, uh, I guess actually before that, sorry, uh, Edric's going to just ask Andre if the wolves, are the wolves still here? They were eating for quite some time. They seem to be still pulling away. Yeah. Do, do you have experience with these creatures? Oh, I, I usually do my best to avoid them, but I, I, I know when a wild creature is just satiating its needs. So as long as we leave them alone and don't present a an obstacle for them for their meal, I think that we're going to be fine. But uh, I, I think we need to focus 
like obviously keep an eye on them, but we need to focus on how we're going to get this sled back to back to Brinshire. Fair. They don't look dire. Do we have harnesses or material to harness? Are, are you suggesting we tame the wolves? There have been dwarves that have used dogs to sled, though I I am not experienced in it. Oh, uh, I've never I've never attempted such a thing. I never even thought to. I usually just avoid predators, um, the wolves. Um. <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> okay. I'll raffle we... one down. Well, hold on. <laughs> Just um, run at it. <laughs> so, um, I'll, I'll, where are they in relation to the spilled potion in the snow? Uh, they, they've headed back south. So they're probably about 50 feet, and you guys are all on the main map now? Yeah. yeah. They, they've started to head down this way. Uh, the potion was just over on this side here, a little bit southeast. They're heading south. They're, they're probably about 60 feet away from you right now, uh, as they've kind of, they backed away, and now they've turned and began to kind of gallop. Oh. Under. Oh, gallop away? Gallop is a terrible word for a wolf, but galloping wolves. Maybe they are good for pulling this. <laughs> they, uh, they've definitely started to to move with a little bit of haste. So, so they're retreating with a purpose away from us. They they realize that the light is coming, that the humans are awoke, and their their feeding time will have to wait until later once once they've moved on. Shit. I have a little bit of an ability to help maybe persuade these creatures to help us, but I'm definitely not familiar with this sort of thing. Well, we could try dipping the meat in what's left of the potion, or dipping some meat in what's left of the potion and seeing if that works. What was the potion? Well, the, like a... the goblin boss told us it's what he they used to have the animals help them control the animals. Oh, shit. Instead of tracking the wolves, maybe we can track those polar bears. But if we don't have that potion or... Well, there's some that spilled into the snow. I don't know if we could recover enough or or gather oh. enough of it. Where did it spill? Right, where the cart hit the rock. Um, can Andre go and investigate and see if, like, if it's still kind of liquid or if there would be any way to kind of dip some of his salted meat into... And while he does that, I'll ritual cast Detect Magic because I know I could identify it before with that. Nice. So in case it's under, like, a foot of snow or something, I would see where it's at. Of course. Yeah, it was pretty barren of snow last night. It was actually quite a... An open, 
open sky evening as far as that was concerned. The storm had passed on you guys. Um, and you guys cannot see this map at all. It's just white for you. Yeah, yeah. it's just white. Yeah. Uh, well, see how all the tokens. green square. Yeah, the green square is where the, the, the sled was. Andre, you make your way over to the green square and you notice wolf tracks kind of spattered throughout the encampment going from body to body. Uh, you make your way to where the crash was. There's kind of broken timber and stuff like that still laying about in the snow. And you do notice this, this greenish liquid that is spoiled into the snow. Um, and it looks to be almost like a syrup or snow. Kind of a syrup? Yeah, yeah, it looks like a, like when you pour the syrup over a snow cone. It kind of has that almost, yeah. or it's almost thickened by the snow. Cool. Um, Andre's going to take a couple of the, like, salted strips of meat and try and, like, kind of like a maple taffy stick, try and yeah. kind of, like, catch it and wrap it around in each of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's quite thick. Point of and order, Andre, are you Canadian? <laughs> Maybe, eh? <laughs> what, is it? what is a maple taffy stick? <laughs> <laughs> I knew exactly what he was talking about. Yeah, That's you said volume. that way too normal for that. <laughs> 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 I, don't, I don't know what a maple taffy stick is. Well, especially in places like Quebec, uh, they'll have like a, a giant almost frozen, like frozen slab of ice, and you can pour maple syrup on it. And it will freeze into this, instead of being, you know, a thinner liquid, it'll freeze into this even thicker liquid that you can then take a stick and roll up the maple syrup into, like, a stick. Is that about correct, okay. Dan? Yeah, yeah right. like on a popsicle stick. And you I, can yeah, kind of yeah. I see the around. Google images now. Okay. This is not something we have in Southern California. It's dreamy, man. I, I always, it's something else, for sure. Um, you, uh, yeah, you manage, you manage to make a, a potion of... You know, kind of a potion concoction into this almost popsicle-like form. Um, and Andre's going to try and get like a liberal amount on each meat stick because he counted three wolves, so he's going to try and like make the best of three of these salt salty strips. And uh, yeah, give me a survival. Uh, give me a survival check. Can, survival can check. I- Sorry, before before we do all this, can can Edric have been like with Andre and helping? Yeah, of course. Totally. So yeah. can I just give you the help action on that? For sure, to roll with advantage, kind of thing. Yeah, that works for me. Sixteen or. Six. So yeah, you manage you manage to very very neatly and tidily roll these meat strips, um, and you can see it stick and come off the snow as you roll it, and you get a, a good majority of all of this green liquid that's kind of pooled on top of the snow up into these meat sticks. All so right. I I imagine the plan is to coerce these these wolves in to come. And eat the salted meat? Yes. Ah, I hope it's enough to 
to lure them. Right. Well, there's only one way to find out. All right. <laughs> I've got your back, but and I will definitely help where I can, but I have an instinct of sorts to not, not get too close. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so how far have the wolves gotten? Again, I galloping was definitely not the right word. Uh, but they're meandering along the they're meandering along the ice. Uh, you can see them kind of just at the edge of your distance. Uh, their their winter coats blending quite well into the surroundings. Uh, but they're probably about ninety feet at this point. Okay, um, Andre will kind of he'll his mace is hanging off of him, but he will kind of hold his shield, and then he'll hand two of the, <laughs> the salted meat back to Edric and lead with one. Edric holds his hands like way out <laughs> and and just holds them like a child holding something that's like yeah disgusting or not appealing to him. Like anybody. <laughs> not specifically a child. <laughs> Andre is gonna say, Come on boy, and he's gonna lead lead the way towards the wolves, trying to approach, you know, without looking too aggressive. Holding, holding one of these meat sticks kind of up in the air in hopes that maybe a breeze will send the scent their way. So you and you and Edric kind of make your way after these wolves uh, quicker than they're moving, uh, but slowly with a purpose. You want to be noticed, too, but you want to be noticed as non-threatening. Yeah. Um, you kind of work your way into about 60 feet away from them when the back wolf stops and he cocks his head and you can see his ear now pointing in your direction as you can hear the, the scraping of metal. You can hear human, you know. I was thinking about it today and I, I couldn't think of the word for... Humanoid. Humanoid, yeah. I guess it's like you think of mankind when you think of all things metal and stuff like that. It's weird when you're in a world like like this, where dwarves and elves, and there's no universalized word that you hear them say to combine them all. Um, but you come close, the wolf stops, it turns, and it starts to smell the air. doesn't growl. Eric immediately ducks behind Andre. <laughs> As you're now behind Andre, and Andre, you're Still moving forward. And he also has his, his sword like just fully ready. He's got a sweaty palm on on his sword. Um Andre's gonna gonna extend his hand silently, keeping his eyes on that that tailing wolf that turned to look at him. He's gonna extend his hand out to Edric and kind of just more than a whisper, just enough so Edric can hear. He says, One more. Hand me one more. He reaches slowly and timidly and hands you another stick. Okay, so Andre's going to put that in his teeth, and he's going to take the other one and kind of advance slower this time since the wolf is looking, but with, with the meat stick extended. Shield brandished, but... The other wolves further ahead of this wolf now all stopped. And they've turned. 
the wolf from the back walks up to the wolf that was closest to you. And he kind of steps ever so slightly in front of that wolf. He lowers down on his haunches. Docile still. And he kind of sniffs at the air. Andre is going to kind of respond to that with a couple like It's okay. It's okay. Just kind of like as he goes to his haunches keep approaching just slowly and carefully without you know without making any sort of sudden movements in uh, in hopes of not looking aggressive in any way uh let's do uh let's do an animal handling check at the- oh baby i was hoping okay can i get, because i'm there supporting him can i give him help action um i i feel like uh i feel like he's kind of stepped step forward with the meat and he's he's going it alone at this point Ah, but the wolves are quite docile, having just eaten their share. But they also don't seem overly eager to to engage in. You know, they it can smell this meat, especially with the salted meat. It's it's warm. It's not like it's frozen on the tundra. It doesn't back away. But it hasn't, you know, it, it's, it's not coming closer or moving forward at all either. Kind of just... um, since uh, I couldn't help him, can I, can Edric, like, bolster his, his courage and, and kind of see that Andre is struggling a little bit to get their attention and also kind of, like, do what he did to encourage the, the wolves? Essentially attempt the same role. Yeah, so you you're going to attempt to move up on him? Yeah, yeah. So Edric is going to take the remaining. I think I think you said 3 total, right, Andre? Three yeah, total so sticks. You, so you so I, I I would take the remaining one and and trying to identify that maybe that this one is the the pack leader or whatever and uh address him directly. Fortunately, I didn't prepare any animal spells. And uh do do the exact same thing. Try to coerce it into having a little snack, and it not being me. Yeah, you bolster your courage and you stand a little bit more upright as you, you know, take a few steps past Andre. The wolf's head kind of snaps in your direction as it tilts its head and looks at you, almost curious, curiously. You recognize curiosity on his face. You kind of. Manage to get a few steps closer to it. Uh, you're probably around 50 feet away at this point as you're holding salted meat stick out to the wolf, and you can make an animal handling check. Oh, yeah. As the wolf tilts its head from one side to the other, you, you don't get the impression that it's terribly interested in the meat, but now that he sees you come forward, it's almost a look of curiosity on his face 
as he takes a cautious step forward. The other wolves are now poised more on edge as they see their their leader take that step forward towards you. Takes a couple of steps, sniffing the air, and it kind of stops and tilts its head at you again. Edric uh, tries to split the difference and, and starts moving forward, kind of trying to keep an eye on where Andre is and um, gets closer to the wolf. Yeah, you're about 30 feet away from the wolf now. Um, he's that, moved in a couple steps. He, he just stopped moving now that you've kind of started moving forward. Yeah, and then gets within, I don't know, 20 feet? Yeah. To toss the meat to <clears throat> the wolf? Yeah, you toss the meat to the wolf. You're concerned as it lands near him. Puts his nose down, sniffs the meat, looks at you curiously. And perhaps just because it was something different than the, the raw flesh he'd been eating. He licks it. And he eats meat. That's it. That's it. Edric, with his hands kind of out, trying to just not, not provoke any reaction, slowly steps back. He's like, so what happens next? Andre is going to continue to advance slowly in hopes of maybe getting around to the other two wolves. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. And you can see immediately, Andre, as you move forward, that the beast takes a step back and his gaze immediately shoots to Edric. Um, as he's starting to back away slowly, uh, his haunch is raised in the air um, as his eyes have not left Edric. Sorry. See if you can ask him something. Give him a task. Uh, I'm sorry, ask him something? Um... Okay. Uh, Ask him. I'll roll over. <laughs> as, <laughs> as you see his head kind of snap sideways. And uh, he kind of Falls to the ground, doesn't quite roll over, but he does flop to the ground and look up at you. Uh, his tail, you notice now, is starting to wag. Oh, you've got to. Oh, he didn't do it, so I don't know. Uh, you you've spent you've spent a lot of time in the wilds. 
Mm -hmm. spent a lot of time around very similar creatures. Um, oh. and, and you know that he's perhaps didn't roll over, but he is uh, showing a playful affection at this point. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is definitely... I'm get, starting to get the feeling this is the desired effect of the the the, the potion that we we got. Yeah, you could deduce that. The other wolves yeah. are now looking at this this lead wolf, and they're starting to slowly kind of relax their guard. Okay, uh, so I I did say that in character, just FYI. Oh, um, no, that's okay. Uh, so what's the next move? We don't exactly have harnesses, but maybe I've got rope. I've got rope too. Andre's going to keep advancing, offering these two other wolves those remaining two meat sticks. Uh, yeah, the wolf now is is very certain that you mean no harm. Um, it's accepted you, so the other wolves... Uh, come up very close to you as you, you know, I don't know if you reach out your hand and throw it to them, but they, they eat what you've given them. Yeah, I'll toss within 10 feet. Of course. And they'll they'll come by and they'll eat it as well. All right. Same effect? Yeah. Sweet. All right. Let's go. Okay, so we're going to I guess fasten some kind of harness out of our hemp rope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm making a bit of an assumption here, but we're going to do that and then uh, try to put it on the the wolves. I think I think we can harness them. Okay, that's we we've so, got the wolves, and that wasn't our wheelhouse, and. So this next bit isn't our wheelhouse, or not mine. Yeah. So let's hope for the best. Let's do it. Okay. So, so Edric is. Fire. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 gonna throw these makeshift harnesses on the wolves <laughs> and start bringing them back to the fire. His fifty feet of rope. And then, uh, kind of. Explains to the rest of the crew. We've got them. It worked. But we can't guarantee our our tying abilities or knots. <laughs> uh, why, don't I, why don't I check them over? Uh, can I check over the harnesses? Pretty good at this yeah, stuff. Of course. You, you kind of managed to, to tie and bound these wolves. Um, they all follow suit, not just the ones you gave the potion to, the other ones fall into line. Um, so with your 50 feet of rope, do you guys just have 50 feet or do you have two, two lengths? Two fifty feet. Yeah. You're going to manage to tie, um, with the lead, the lead wolf in front and then the, you know, two tail, the tail, the top on the right and on the left. And you manage to kind of. Jimmy Rig and fasten up this this harness to the sled. Um, you even managed to find some 
bits and pieces from the ramshackled sleigh that had some some tackle and stuff like that that you've used to, to jimmy rig this up. And I will take a uh, Krug. You can roll me a survival check. Uh, you can use advantage. Uh, Krug looking over all yeah. the rope. He's he's fine tuning them. You know, tightens a little bit here. Maybe redoes a knot there. Oh yeah, these boys. These are that these babies ain't going nowhere. Slap them. Slow the rope. <laughs> it looks surprisingly secure. <laughs> to you as you you know go through it all. You kind of make your way to the wolves. You you check over the the knots. Um, you make sure that the wolves won't get loose. Um, you you guys have no way of judging how long this potion will last. Yeah, I was just um, actually yeah. going to ask if I could make a make a roll to see if I could figure that out. So, does now that I have detect magic, um, can I? Are the wolves glowing, or can I see more of the potion in the snow? You would you would already asked it earlier that you asked it that day. I believe you had that on you right away, and I told you that they were. They were potion of animal, animal friendship. I believe that occurred. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, and I cast it this morning while they were making the taffy things. Um, I thought you would cast it. I thought you would cast it um, after the battle. Last did. I did. I did. And then when we woke up this morning, I, I cast it in case we weren't able to locate the potion in the snow. Remember, like maybe there were two feet of snow. So I was trying to cast it to relocate it. But yeah. in the meantime, they located it and put put it on the meat and fed the wolves. Yeah. So he's just he's just wondering if he can see the the effect on the wolves. I assume. Right. And if so there's more lying around, I probably would have finished while they were playing with the wolves, wrapping tie them up, etc. Um. And I wanted to see one if I could see the wolves. Are they glowing in any way? And then two if I can locate any more potion in the snow. Um, they did a very thorough job as they kind of gathered what was what was left. They gathered nearly all of it. You you see trace amounts kind of glowing in the snow, but it's drip here and a drop there. For the most part, okay. they gathered up quite a bit of those potions. Um, and. Then- I don't yeah, think then, animals yeah. themselves would be glowing, but you can definitely see that they're under an effect of a spell. Okay. Then knowing it's magic and knowing yes. a lot of that stuff is, is time-based, I'll, I'll press them to, we should get moving. We don't know how long this will last, and we have no backup. All right. I've, I've uh, pretty savvy with... Uh handling animal land vehicles. Wow. Can I drive? Yeah. I mean, if if you feel confident in doing that, absolutely, because I sure as hell don't. Yeah, I assume it'll work out a lot like a horse. And then while while Krug's steering and getting the the wagon together, I'd like to just be the Johnny on the spot as co-pilot, just kind of guiding us back to Bridge Ender. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and as you, you know, gather up the sled, make sure everything's kind of fattened down. Um, are you all, are you all attempting to ride the sled, or are you behind it, or? Um, what what's the progress look like with the three walls? And... Yeah, that's actually what I was gonna ask too. With the what? With, with the, the three wolves, three like wolves how how, how are the wolves doing pulling this thing? Are you are got, people sitting got, on the sled like making it a fucking really slow jog for the wolves? Yeah, because Andre would probably start by watching the progress to see if it is slow. So it's fast as you get the wolves you get the wolves ready to go. You have five wolves, by the way. Okay, so we have five, not three. Five. You've managed to string up all five of the wolves that were there. Um, three of them had the, the animal friendship, but the, the leader, they were following. So, as you kind of get them ready to go, um, you know, Krug gets on the back of the sled, his man remains, and they start to pull off under the guidance of Mush. Uh, and they move, they start to move. And as they do, you kind of, I'm assuming you've, what have we done with Izobai? Got a gag he, tied up. He, he will, I, I imagine, and I'll, and I'll confer with my companions, but I imagine he just tied and gagged and in, in the cart with it because it's yeah. not like he makes a lot more weight to it. No, no. So you're taking him with you? Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious as to what his agenda is because if it's I want to know what the plan is. I want to interrogate Oh, yeah. Yeah, no problem. He's not, uh, he's not going anywhere at this point. Uh, I was going to make some outlandish inchworm escape, but it, it just seemed futile. Fire. <laughs> so you notice that they're moving at a good clip. Edric, you can keep up moving at a fast pace uh, with them, but they, they have the ability to go quite quickly. Um, if you added on another, you know, three, 300 pounds, it might start to slow them down. No slower than you moving as a group, though, if you all want. So, yeah, we can, we can at best work at our normal pace, but not faster. Correct. Yeah, yeah you'll, you'll be moving a, an hour, a, mi- a mile an hour, whereas you kind of can gauge it, you know, from the first, you know, half an hour of travel that the sled could probably go twice that speed if it wasn't as laden as it was. We just, we just moving then. We just moving. We just going. All right, you guys uh, hop into your fabulously created dog sled, by the way. Good job, <laughs> everybody. And uh, you begin the journey uh, to the northwest back to Britain. Uh, you know this to be about a gauging by how quickly you're going, Edric. Uh, you know this to be about a um, you travel. Sorry, from, I, mi- I missed that. What did you say? You know this to be about a seven-hour journey. Which sure. about, this, about how long it took you to get to where you were going. Mm-hmm. Um, you travel for a couple hours, surveying the landscape, so that everything around you. Safe, not not so much for for danger and enemies 
although you are aware of that, but you're also looking at the sky, judging the, which at this point is actually quite quite clear day. Uh, also, also just just uh, to put it out there, um, Edric is also kind of like he knows that the 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 path that we walked isn't necessarily uh, good for sleds. I, gu I guess we did watch the sled go this way. Sorry, I totally forgot about that. So yeah, never mind. Yeah, uh, yes, you, you did, and this is this is almost a bit out of your element. You guys are kind of following the tracks back, although they're. They're they're fairly covered now. You'd have to get out and stop every once in a while for sure. See if you can make out these tracks. Um, but I will get an animal handling check from Krug as we've kind of made it a couple of hours. Uh, I have proficiency in land vehicle. Use that proficiency. Oh, you bet you get to use that. Nice move. Yeah, for real. And you guys can see the map that we're on. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So We're a little less than halfway. Ooh, ooh, that's a that's a solid ten animal. That's a, <laughs> you've uh, you can gauge by your skill and knowledge um, with land crafts. Uh, you know that you're moving well. You can feel the pull from the animals is strong. Um, they're following directions really well as you kind of coast your way. You know, in between. In between slopes and moles, and, and you know, it's almost like gentle rolling hills as you travel your way uh, back to Bryn Shander. Uh, you get just over halfway at about four hours, and with the clip that you guys are moving, and Krug, you're kind of on the the back end of this sled. You can start to feel the wind pick up as the cold starts to settle in. It uh, starts to sweep. Uh, you noticed it when you were traveling there as well. Uh, this area kind of has rolling hills to the north. Um, and you can feel the wind really sweeping down them. Uh, it, it almost feels like it's snowing sideways. But it's just the wind blowing, blowing snow off these rolling, rolling dunes. Um, Edric, you gauge yourself to be about three hours away. And Krug, I'll take an animal... Handling. Boy, same deal? Yeah. Now, well, for the animal handling, uh, I don't think you're altering vehicle. Uh, yeah, same deal. During this whole thing, um, Edric, like at some point during this first three hours or three and a half, yes. um, Edric will have, have conferred with Andre. Uh, do, we, do we have more? These predators are like kind of like hyper. They have a big metabolism. Do we have enough food for them? Um, to keep them happy and not attacking us. That was probably the last of my meat. Um, oh shit. Krug's got, got some rations. I've got basic rations, but not much in the way of meat. <laughs> Good point. Um, I'd also like to have done something in those uh, initial couple hours of travel, too, when we're ready. Of course. 
Um, yeah, Andre would find his way to Izabai um, and kind of stand up on the oar over, I'm assuming Izabai is kind of gagged and bound, kind of sitting on, on the oar, and Andre will take kind of a kind of an intimidating position. He's going to say, so what are you doing taking oar from my countrymen? Where were you taking it? Hold you. As you can see him shaking vigorously. Okay. We. So cold. We. We took the ore. Did not know it was dwarf. Just took. Saw nobody. Saw nobody. You know. Big dumb. Big dumb one took. Not me. Um, yeah. He's going to stop him right at that and uh, like kick him directly in the forehead. Like drop his... Oh, Jesus. Like, like kind of stomp, but not so hard to be like a really, really dark stomp. But enough to like shut up and tell me the truth. Kind of shakes it off and he, he sits up and again, he's, he's bound. So, you know, he's having trouble keeping his balance. Starting to sway back and forth. I, I, we take whatever we can back to Karkulok, back to Master. To Karkulok? Yes, yes, Karkulok. It is, uh, it is our, it is our fortress in the mountains. For what purpose are you taking this ore? We, we take, how do you say, like, like animals on the open plain. We take whatever we can find to feed. This happened to be iron. Maybe master, maybe master can make weapons for us to defend. I do not know. Uh, can I read an insight check on him? Uh, yes. Oh, man. Long ways away from last week, boys. <laughs> you gauge what he says to be truthful. Mm -hmm. um, here. Well, that was his persuasion. But so I just kind of take what he says as what he says. You, you take what he says as he says, but even with these rules, you, you don't feel like he's any position to lie to you. You've, you've got a very heavy power position over him. Uh, he's tied up. He's captive. And you don't believe that he had an agenda outside of outside of it. Outside kind of just finding goblins. Being goblins in the tundra, hey? Yeah, and you can think back to the to the scene that you saw, um, and Edric was surveying the scene. You guys looked at footprints, saw different tracks of footprints, and you did see, you know, large monstrous clawed footprints heading to the north. 
you know, you don't, you don't believe there's nothing there to believe that the, the ogre had anything to do with it. The bodies were ripped apart. Uh, you saw that firsthand with, with Bucks's arm being ripped off. It wasn't pulled off. It was bitten off. Okay. Um, taking this in mind, Andre is going to say, Well, or isn't animals on the tundra? Is this requested? Take the ore, or do you have means to forge this? Forge? Like, make weapons? Uh, what does this, what does this forge mean? Make weapons, yes. Yarbnok. Yarbnok, no. Maybe we no make weapon. Maybe we trade. Hey, trade to stupid human village. I, I don't know. Not trade to dwarves. They kill us. Where, where do you take me now? Bryn Shander. They will decide what to do with you. There's a fair few dwarfs in Bryn Shander, too. Oh, the dwarves hate us. I understand. We starve. My, my people, they starve. It is freezing cold. Years now. Years. Yarbnok. Well, truth be told, Yarbnok is not a strong leader. We do not raid. We do not kill. We merely... Uh, what is the word for finding on the, the open tongue? We find and we bring back. Foragers. Yes, yes, we forage. How long has Yarbnok led you? In, I long for goblin, but... Oh... Two years? Two years now? I, I keeps track of such things, but it was right around when winter fell upon us and kept us kept us at home. He's gonna kneel and uh, give him kind of like uh, pull out from his his rations pack and uh, pull out kind of like a tack bread, a common like dwarven snack. It's like uh, pressed bread with like figs and stuff that preserves really well and hand it to the goblin and say, honesty buys you everything. He is tied up. You put it into his mouth. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll break it into two pieces. Put one half in his mouth and then pop the other half in his own mouth. <laughs> uh, he opens his mouth and accepts it begrudgingly as he chews almost like Gollum eating elven bread. And he's going to kind of like brush the boot print off of his forehead. 
see him kind of lower his head and his shoulders slunk down. He's, he's kind of accepting his fate that that he is going to die. But they kill me when they get me back to a city. Humans, they will kill me. They will kill Isabai. What can I offer you? Let me go. Don't think we can let you go, but we can ask my companions. Hey, what do you gentlemen think? Do we let him loose? It well, might make sense to be diplomatic if we could. If we could keep peace between the goblins, the ten towns, then at least we could all coexist. I would hate to slaughter goblins. They're going to be a problem because we didn't try to be di- diplomatic. Yeah, this is true. Edric is going to point out that, well... We have him with us now, and he's going to point out over the wasteland. It's, if we send him away, it's a death sentence in itself. I mean, assuming he's even any good at surviving in, in these icy wastes. Andre is going to think back to the couple nights before wandering alone and then stumbling on crux, and he says, ah, he... You will likely perish. As you can see, like, Isabai gazes southward behind you. And he gets even more deflated as he almost, you know, falls off the car as he kind of rolls over. Isabai. By himself with no sled, but never make it to Karkamok. I am doomed either way. PM. Yeah. On this thought, quick question. Um, would I, I'm not really from here. I do know Kellen's Karen and Bryn Shander. Yes. Would, would I know anything about Karkamok? Uh, you can roll a history check. We'd love to. Uh, you are looking, you're going to be looking again with your history checks for this area. It's going to be a little bit tough because everything that you know in this area would be from secondhand story. And again, the stories in Mithril Hall would have been a uh, plenty um, just due to the fact that that was where. The, the clan battle hammers heritage came from. Uh, but you'll be looking at about a, a 13 DC here to see if you can come up with any information about the goblin. I rolled a, it was a 13 DC. I rolled a 19. Um, just a side note, um, and after listening to the last session, I've kind of been pondering this. Do you guys prefer to know the DC you're trying to beat, or would you prefer thoughts and um, um, either I'm a fan or, of I not think. knowing, but I'm really I'm not bothered either way. Mm-hmm. 
fine if you know it makes it more the role more of a oh it, it's I, I guess it, it it really only plays into abilities and, and the 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 actual wording of the abilities some some you I guess you always have to roll first, so you either decide beforehand or if the ability allows, you can decide after. But um, I guess that's really the only reason to know or not know. Yeah, well, I haven't I haven't settled on anything. I just you usually you would roll, and the DM sets a a mythical DC. Mm-hmm. I think in knowing, it's like as if you could do something about it, <laughs> really. Well, <laughs> the second the second that you the second that you see a roll, it's really really hard to hold true to that. Yeah, like for me to hold true to all of you rolling and not making the DC, I said like I would have probably cheated and gone sure. backwards on it just that to progress the story the way I wanted to, which. Which I'm not a big fan of. It's hard to hold true to things when you set them as a DM. Like it's kind of my yeah. one of my. Issues. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't bother me at all, and whatever you're comfortable with, in my opinion. Um, well, you you have heard of stories. Never heard the name Karkalok specifically. Uh, but you also know enough about goblins that the name of that fortress, uh, using the term loosely, uh, could have changed many times throughout the years uh, with different leaders. Goblins don't have the same sort of uh, loyal society. Well, we're kind of losing you there, Corey. Oh. Must be the time of night, I guess. Um, can you guys hear me okay now? Yeah. Yep. No. Oh no. I said yep. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, you you would know that goblins don't hold the same kind of loyalty to their their surroundings as a lot, even as this would. So you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't know the name Karkalok, but it doesn't mean that you haven't heard of of this specific spot. You've heard you've heard the dwarves of of Kelvin's Cairn, of the Battlehammers, tell stories of uh, the goblins they fought against. Um, you've also got a little bit of knowledge of the goblins' part in the war, what they call the, the Great War uh, of Kelvin's Cairn, which happened, you know, over a hundred years ago, uh, where King, you know, Brunor Battlehammer went to with the, the native barbarians on the plains, on the Rigod plains. And the at the time, goblins in a mountain, mountain fortress to the south had taken up arms and invaded the smaller towns of ten towns from the south uh, while they were being attacked from the north by you know, larger, uh, more established armies of uh, you know, humans um, and verbeef and stuff like that. But you don't know any. You have nothing specific about. It. Okay. Um, so that's kind of just like an inference that that is the southern Karkalok could be the southern. 
yeah. goblin fortress that was involved in that great war. Yeah, and the the goblin the goblin king at the time you you've never heard of this Yarbnock before. Okay, uh, but at the time there was a goblin king, and that is a name that you do remember. But I will have to get it for you. Okay, I've got. There we go. <clears throat> How close are you to Yarbnock, young Isopai? Yarbnock, he care. Yarbnock, love goblin, wants what's best for a goblin. Yarbnock, have uh, any points? He points to Edric's back. Yarbnock, have things like that. Uh, things shiny. Uh, not, not from here. Special things. Uh, hidden things. Um, Edric, are you kind of watching this? Um, Ed- Edric's got his eyes all over the place. So if he's watching it, it's very. It's like got fifteen percent of his. Okay. Um, on Andre nods and he says, "If you play your cards right, you might might become a ward, and you might just live." Andre is gonna leave and be. Hey, thanks, guys. I will do my best, and if you get me back to Karkalok, I make sure. Make sure Yarbnock know your name as friend. He stutters on the word. Uh, Andre's just, he's, he's listening, but he's not making it look like he lis- he's listening. He just kind of looks out over the railing. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I imagine. Um, Within, like, say, I mean, uh, unless something interrupts within the first, sorry, the next hour, I would like to just kind of, interesting. I guess Andre, just simply because it's easier to pull him away. Um, And I'll say, uh, so are goblins not, like, socially acceptable? Are not welcomed in in Brinchander. I think they are not welcome free. But if we keep him bound, we can keep him safe. I uh, I have noticed like maybe like one or, or a handful of 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 creatures, dwarves, humans, and he uses the word creature. Um. Uh, others are in Brinchander, but not not a lot. Are 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 there lots of creatures that not are not accepted in these kinds of settlements? That's that's a good question. <laughs> um, DM. Yes. Uh, are there? Are, what what I said? 
yeah, do we know what kind of creatures wouldn't be generally accepted from Bryn Shander? Is it? Well, I think you have your your general races: ogres, yeah. orcs, furbies, goblin, um, bugbear, hobgoblin. Yeah, I mean, you have what you would normally consider evil races. Um, drow, drow fall into a bit of a a slight bit of a gray area. Um, drow typically are not welcome in Bringer. Although they would be far more willing to accept of course under certain credentials and the vouching of others, they, they would be willing to accept a drow, not drow, but a drow, uh, just based on the premise of kind of what their what their current civilization was built on. And that would have been the, you know, the stories and legends and lore of Dritt Stewart and who, you know, famously went to war in the Great War of Kelvin's Cairn and you know, was the victorious fool. You're cutting out, Corey. God damn it. Um, did you guys get the whole part about the drow? And it it got a little foggy towards the end, but... Uh... All right, well, and they'd be a little bit more accepting of a drow and i said a drow not drow you know Mm -hmm. but but to have one drow that is vouched for and vetted for um not to say they would like it but there are especially you know the higher ups would accept it because of the lore that their civilization now currently exists because of the deeds and actions of of dritz who would be a a hero of the people of ten towns It's like Rosa Parks. Yeah, she's a, she's a hero. She's a hero of yeah. African Americans, but there's still people that are racist. I get that. Krug, hearing about uh, the question that Edric had mentioned, Krug pipes up, says, "You know, I always thought being a kobold myself that I wasn't welcome. I think goblins and kobolds have a lot in common. That being said, I've spent a few years." in a town that has quite a few demi-humans living pretty pretty close quarters, and it can work. Uh, which is why I speak with reason towards everybody, hoping they won't be aggressive. I think goblins fall into that. Well, like, when you went into the tavern, everybody seemed to just be so interested and... and engaging with you like they weren't hostile at all not that i could perceive goblins themselves i think have a bit of a uh they're a bit abrasive they can be and that might be because of the prejudice towards them to begin with it can work can definitely work now this is going to sound weird but and and he he addresses andre and Craig, because Craig's now kind of engaged in the conversation. Is it commonplace for people to try to eat other people here or anywhere? No, no, that would that would definitely fall within a crime. Okay, it's, it's not common, but it does happen. Like. <laughs> It's uh, not normal society, I guess is what you're trying to say. Uh, like 
Andre I wouldn't eat Andre, is that, if that's what you're asking. And it would be abnormal to eat. Edric slow, like nods as if he's just like really thoughtfully processing this information. Um, but, but the wolf, the wolf eats the wolf. And you kind of hear Isabai peek up from behind you. Trying to engage in your philosophical conversation. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. What puts us above the wolves? Ourselves. Is that eating each other? But even goblin. Even goblin. No eat goblin. Hey. Unless food gets very, very short. And I... And and just for the sake of, of uh, brevery too, this whole time, whenever Edric's not like in town or whatever, he looks like I don't know whatever the Arctic version of a Jawa would be, just fully. <laughs> like I, I just keep picturing it as that, so I, I figure I may as well just throw that out there. What's a Jawa? What is a this Jawa from, from Star Wars? Miko <laughs> Tokoko. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't watch Star Wars. Oh, oh, home! I'm What's out of the mean? game. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it's, yeah, just, no, it's just shrouded, and literally their face is just like black with like oh, little yes. yellow glowing oh, eyes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I see the jaw. Minus the glowing eyes. <laughs> We've all learned something here. I've learned what a maple stick thing is, and you've <laughs> learned what a Jawa is. There you go. <laughs> and we've all learned that eating people is wrong. Well, uh, yeah. Most of the time. Sure. Most of the time. We've all seen a lot. And, and, and also, just to put that out there, that Edric is not so ignorant to differentiate wolves eating wolves is different than people eating people. Yeah, no, you've definitely seen your share of animals eating animals. Yeah. That's what separates us who have humanity and those who obviously don't. Wolves. And humans, are they common? Humans are common. Yeah, of course. Okay. Can you show me... <clears throat> can, can you show me a human? If we see one, I've, I've actually never seen a human. Oh, well. Sorry, is that a stupid thing to say? Because the person Evan that put us on this quest, Evander Kane, is human himself. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, it did. did he Edric is a human. What? I suspected. Yeah. Edric, I've been meaning to ask you. You seem like you're not exactly from around here. Where are you from? I'm from. How do I put this? And now, now, just to just to kind of put it out there, and the, like I'm constantly updating Corey on on the uh, social inabilities of Edric. Um, he's not exactly sure, <laughs> so he's doing his best to describe. Like he could very well say just the the next mountain over, and he kind of just says that. And he describes where he's from, but it sounds like every other place in an Arctic biome. So, 
Um, it's... Are you familiar with the... Uh, Court of Winter? I'm not sure, am I? No. That doesn't sound familiar, Edra. <coughs> My queen, she, uh... She sees over our court. And, uh, that's where I'm from. It's very snowy all the time. It's much like this place. I don't know. Are uh, all places like this? No. There's different climate with no snow. So so similar to different courts. I guess in the way that we there's people in power? Yeah. Uh, Sorn and Andre can roll me a history check. Yeah. Uh, Andre, you... (laughs) Get him out of the way. Uh, Andre, you have... You you know a little bit about this. uh, The Court of Winter. Um, You've... You've heard a story from your followings that tell of uh, the Prince of Frost is, a, is, from, is from this court. Um, you know it to be from the Fae. And you would know that he has nefarious dealings. Uh, he's the... He would be the arch enemy in, in your deity's storyline. Whoa. Not arch. Not arch. Perhaps not Arch, but he would be a, an enemy. Enemy of... Yeah, Prin- Prince of Frost. Okay. okay. Um, is going to note, note this, but stay silent and just listen to the conversation unfold. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, so, yeah, and then uh, he'll he'll describe it, and he'll say like things that seem really interesting to him about like aspects of like his winter home and stuff like that. But it just seems like exactly what we're in right now. Well, you must feel at home then. Oh yes, I don't really know of anything else. These places are, uh... yeah. I mean, it's weird to say, but these places keep me warm and keep my family warm in in an odd way, a familiar way. Are you from around here? No, myself. I'm south part of this. Uh area where it's much much warmer so south is warmer correct yeah yeah i live i lived in a city full of kobolds living goblins <clears throat> other demi-humans but before that i was with uh my own tribe of goblins uh, unfortunately that tribe was raided by the cult of the dragon 
Luckily, Silvery Moon willing to take. Oh, did you cut out? Oh, I don't know how much did you get. I got willing to take all the way to then... Silvery Moon. Oh yeah, Silvery Moon was willing to take. Me. Jesus, did we just lose it again? No, I think that... that was the end of that. Okay. <laughs> I, I just heard willing to take and and then I cut out. Again. Oh, take, take me take in. Oh, got you. Yeah. So my purpose now is simply to serve. I can only give back what they've given me, which is life. I can appreciate that. Absolutely. I, I, I serve my queen in a very similar way. She gives me and my people life and the ability to roam and... and scavenge her lands and uh, in return she asks nothing except for our rarest findings and any information from time to time but but as far as that goes my people are very protected I've, I've your people I've never who live out here you live with the goblins obviously segregated from most of humanity. What exactly is your purpose now that you've come from such an isolated area? Eric stops and kind of just like tries to think if he has revealed too much but really doesn't stop. He, there's a pause. There's a hesitation. And uh, he just says my purpose is vague for sure out here. Um, ultimately, it's to keep my family safe. And in being out here, I can serve my queen, which keeps my family safe. That's a very admirable reason. Purpose. All ever, anybody ever knows. Krug uh, doesn't really engage in again. Acknowledges that that that's, uh, that's how Edric is. And as you guys are conversing, Krug, you're kind of talking back over your shoulder as you're focusing on guiding this sled towards Bryn Chander. And I'm going to get an animal handling check. This is not a sled handling check. This is okay. just a straight animal handling. Nine. You can, you can start to feel the sled isn't being pulled anymore. It's almost starting to be aggressively tugged. As you can feel it, instead of a, a smooth... Uh, Edric, you can feel this as well as as you all kind of start to get this jolting feeling while riding. Hey guys, these wolves don't seem to be too friendly. What's and Edric like perks up immediately after like just trying to survey everything outside, just 
hyper focuses on on what you just said. What, what what's happening? They seem to be getting antsy. They're they're sporadically pulling. We are getting relatively close to the settlement. Are are they sensing that? I don't know. I feel just feel like I'm losing control here. I I am not able to calm them down. What do DM? What do the uh, elves look like? Or sorry, the the dwarves. Oh God, the wolves. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the wolves. What they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> they look like they're getting. They're they're trying to pull away from their reins. Um, they're starting to. You can see it there. You know, you can see the two as closest to you start to almost rear their head back, trying to gnaw at the ropes that are binding them as they're still following their leader. But even the leader is starting to 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 pull away as Frog um, starts to lose control of the way that he's steering them as they start to steer to the east as the card starts to veer quite sharply east. In this jaunting pulling motion, you've slowed down. You've slowed down now about half the speed. Isobai, are you sure you do not have another potion? Hey, <laughs> you have searched me. You have taken all that Isobai has. You smashed my cart. My potions are no more. My ore is gone. Isobai has nothing. As you see him like wallowing in self pity. <laughs> and he'll he'll look to Edric and he says, Are you attached to the rope? Do we let them go? Sorry. Sorry, what? Are you attached to your rope? No. Do you want it back? I mean, it's my rope, but if you, if we need to get rid of it, I would rather us be safe. You can hear the growling start. Edric just oh. kind of puts his his hand on his hip, sensing the escalated uh, intensity from the wolves. As they start to pull you further and further east, as they're they're almost you know kicking and grabbing and and gnawing back at these ropes that are now binding them. Um, as you're very, very visibly starting to lose control. But the ropes it is. I grab a knife and start trying to cut ropes. Uh, yeah, no no need to try to. Yeah, you both kind of begin to cut on either side of the rope as uh, you know you do so quite quickly. It takes less than a minute to cut through both the rope as they snap forward and the, the wolves they almost stop and kind of start gnawing the, the rope off of them. Uh, they get what they can. They get as loose as they can. Um, the rope actually falls to the ground as they bolt back to the southeast as the sled kind of rolls slowly to a stop about 50 feet uh, after you guys cut the rope. How much further do you guys think? Do we know how much? I um, feel like I could tell them how much further. Yeah, Edric, can you give me a survival check? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, of course. Uh, 
eyeball. Uh, yeah, you know exactly where you are. You know that you'll see Bryn Shander quite quickly. Um, you're just kind of in the barn. Not a big hill in front of you by any means. Just been... Again, but once you crest the top of that, uh, you should be able to see Bryn Shander. Um, and as you are kind of gauging where you're at, you look down... And you see in the snow what looks to be a, a horde of of prints. Footprints. Like like humanoid footprints, like shoed footprints. They are humanoid footprints. Uh, they look they're not open open foot but they're not closed foot either. Um, as you kind of get down and study the footprints, uh, you realize that you've seen these same type of, they almost look like wrapped as if you took a human foot and wrapped it in, in a cloth, but not completely, just to protect against the cold. Uh, and you've seen these footprints recently. Going the other way? Uh, when you first entered into the, you know, into this kind of giant Arctic tundra, sure. uh, you you recognize these footprints from, uh, I mean, not these exact ones, but these same types of footprints. Uh, you saw them when you first came in, in, in Icewind Dale. Sure, sure. Um, he'll point them out. <laughs> they look very fresh. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a um, bunch of these and had come through recently, like very recently, within minutes. And um, yeah, so I, I, I feel like we're, we're assuming this is normal. Um, <laughs> we're, we're very close and we can just push the cart the next mile or so. Yeah, you're about one mile out. Krug takes a big sigh, hops off the cart, starts getting his footing, his hands on the cart. All right. Uh, the good news is, as you lean forward, Krug, to kind of push into the cart, your back arches and your blade, you know, props up parallel on your back, kind of pulling out of the snow. Goodness. <laughs> At least we will look real cool come pushing the sled into Bryn Shanter. Andre is going to step into it and shoulder into it beside Krug. Soren will assist. It, it takes a little bit to get the sled moving as you're kind of on the bottom of a downslope, uh, but you get it going up this hill. Uh, it's only about 120 feet before you kind of crest this sloping dune covered in snow. Uh, and once you do, you can see as soon as you get to the top, you can see, you know, quite far as it's a, a 
clear open day uh heading down into Bryn Shander. luckily you can you can tell that you're at the top of this kind of hilled area and it'll be downhill not not downhill but it's sloping downwards for the rest of the way and about a mile in the distance you can see the 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 walls of Bryn Shander. and you know halfway between here and there you see this grouping of um, Andre, you know what? Everybody except for for Edward a war path of heading towards Bridgeman. Miss pretty much everything you just said. Yeah. Oh wow! Again, I was I was missing um, Krug a little bit too, so I don't know if it's the I, again. We've been quite lucky as far as it goes. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah. Yep. Nice and clear. Sorry, I'm like, it, it's not, it's cutting out, but it's not, it's not like I'm moving it away or anything like that. It's not a fading. Um, sorry. So you can see Bryn Shander about a mile in the distance as you kind of crest the peak of this, uh, you know, not a mountain range, a little hill range. It slopes downwards towards Bryn Shander. It's not downhill. It's just sloping downwards. It'll be an easy push. But halfway between the walls of Bryn Shander, the southeast gate that you came out of, and yourselves, you see a, a, a war path of orcs heading towards Bryn Shander. Oh. Fuck. Towards. Holy shit. Okay. That's huge. Um, How big? It's about, just a heads up, it's about <clears throat> midday. It's about, one, it's about one, one o'clock. About midday. The weather is fair. Um, you can see about what you would count to be about 20 orcs. You see banners. You can't make out the banners at this distance. Uh, you know, it's still a good, it's a good ways away. Uh, but you can see, you know, 20 plus orcs in your vision, at least heading towards the gates of Bryn Shander. Oh, I wonder what this is all about. Patrick, uh, just remind our well, brings up, yeah, I had seen these orcs quite a ways out uh, just before I met Krug. Can't speak goods. Yeah. It might just it, be nothing. Maybe they're looking for uh, a place to stay, some resources. There's only one way to find out. Do orcs ne- normally settle in, in these kind of settlements? I don't think so, but the weather is pretty harsh around here. Okay. And Edric will take that with whatever. Like, I mean, it's uh, he's a little bit just because they they seem hyper uh, hostile being on the warpath. He'll he'll just be cautious, but take that with what he says. I'd like to meet them at the gates with the when they are speaking with the guards. Uh, will we make it in time for pushing the cart? Uh, <clears throat> they're they're on the march, so they're going to be moving twice as fast as you pushing the cart. And how far out are we? Yeah, uh, you're a mile, and they're at 500 meters. Shit. You've heard no sound of alarm at this point. Oh, interesting. Okay, so the the guards at Bryn Shander would definitely be able to see them, and they don't seem alerted or alarmed. 
Not at this point. Okay. Well, I guess there's no real reason to panic. Uh, and just as you say that, Bug, as the words end in your mouth, you hear this blaring horn uh, blast into the sky. Well, I cannot do a horn voice, but you hear a, a, a horn um, blare off in the distance past the orcs, but looks to be coming from Brinkstander. Jesus. Oh, dear. Um, caught on the heels of that, you start to hear the, the rhythmic banging of drums as you see these orcs pick up much and move to So these orcs, uh, how, how many do they number? Uh, as you kind of glance down, it looked like about 20 orcs, but as you see them, you know, grouped and, and bound together as you, you know, really focus in on it, uh, there's about twice that many. You see about 40 orcs. Okay. Krug stops pushing. Krug uh, says, you know, I, I want to be there when they get there. And I, uh, I start rushing over to the gate. Sure. Oh wow! Okay. I mean, so we've been to Brinchander, right? Yes. And yeah, you came from there, right? Um, like, is forty orcs enough to attack a town like Brinchander? Uh, no. You've been to Brinchander. You know enough about it. You know it's quite a large city. It's got over a thousand, over a thousand people. Um, okay. You don't know the extent of its army, but you can do some. Basic math. You guys have been to a lot of cities. You've 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 been to a lot of major cities. Um, you realize how much they could raise and how quickly. So no, that city can be overrun really quickly if you're not prepared. And again, from what you've seen, uh, some time that you've spent there, they're not necessarily waiting for an attack. They, they've been dealing with. They've been dealing with troubles within, not troubles without. And Krug, did you just take off? I took off. Yeah, I I don't want. I want to get there. Okay. Yeah. Krug's about sixty feet ahead of you now as he starts to kind of make his way down the hill. Uh, he's got his sword. I'm assuming you've unstowed your sword and you're running with it in your hand to keep pace. Yeah, so I can move faster, yeah. Um, so Edric is in haste um, looking to his companions, Soren and Andre, and he's kind of like, uh, I don't know, and then runs after Krug. Um, how, how far are we from the town now? I, you guys have just kind of been standing on the top of this hill looking down. I don't know if you've been moving forward much. Now, you have this cart, Krug has taken off, you've all stood up, and you're about a mile out. Yeah, roughly a mile. Okay, so we couldn't even, I mean, we see it in the distance, but we can't, like, see the gates or anything. It, it's just, Pat, you can, see, you can see the walled structures of it, and you can make mm -hmm. out this, you know, formation of orcs. You can't count exact numbers, you can pinpoint a little bit, but yeah, that's about what you see. You'd be an elevation of about a hundred feet above them, above like all the way down to the city gates, and they're about halfway there. Okay. 
Uh, Andre is going to go up to Isobai and he's going to going to cut the the binds on his hands. Yeah. And he's going to offer two silver and he's going to say watch the sleigh and I could keep you alive and fed well. And he's going to take off. As you as you kind of take off running after, uh, you can hear Isabai's voice on the wind. I I will watch the sled. I will watch the sled. And Andre pursues and deducts two silver. Um. Are you all moving now with haste towards towards Bryn Shander? Yeah. What's Soren doing? I don't know. I feel weird leaving this I know. sled at the top of the hill <laughs> with all the fucking stuff in it. If, if there's a futile army trying to attack a city, it has no chance at overtaking. I'm essentially going to protect Krug. I'm not going to with any agenda. <clears throat> uh, I would like to state this, just with the size of the army and planning a battle like this, this is in no way a large city like Luskin uh, or Waterdeep or anything even close. These are, these are small towns. Even at a thousand population, um, you're talking about a standing army of not much more seeing attacks. Okay, so I would believe that there is a chance that this army... Could. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I did want to play it off like that. Don't get me wrong, they have men-at-arms, but but this isn't... They, they don't have that big of a standing army. You know what I mean? To say that 10% of a, a population is a standing army, even that would be a, a very large number. Okay, if I, if I felt compelled that the town would need my help, I would go with. You would feel compelled, and I say that just based on the knowledge that you would have of larger cities and armies, you'd be well-trained in this. I'm not trying to coax you into a fight at all. Yeah, no, I, if, I, if I thought the town needed help, then I would go. If I thought it was just a, an army that was going to throw itself at the walls and die, like, I'm, I'm not leaving the silver. But since I'm com- like, I believe that they could do some damage to the city, I would go help. I would run with them. All right, you guys leave uh, the oh. ever faithful, ever trustworthy Isobai with the sled of iron ore. I appreciate the ever trustworthy. <laughs> yeah. He has done nothing to disobey your trust since he's been your captor. <laughs> I don't believe he can push it off on himself. So he's, uh, yeah, he's also exactly got three. Exactly why I ran. Yeah, I yeah, like, yeah. He's yeah. got he's got no chance carrying it. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have a lot of options at this point, so we'll see he what is about. Scream and maybe we could hear him. So that's good <laughs> enough. And then, as that happens, I will. I'm going to move you guys into this map. Um, I believe I did a good job on this. <laughs> so <laughs> we shall. Uh, we shall see. And then while I'm kind of placing you guys, Matt, do you want, I don't know while you can talk, do you want to go through kind of what you're going through on the other side of the map? 
or do you want to just play this out and listen? I, I feel bad we're ignoring you here. You want me to transcribe what he's writing, or can you? Yeah, say if you that, could, right? just while I just while I move stuff here. He said it's all good. Okay. Well, About how I'm... you feel bad, and then it looked like he was writing for a sec. Maybe just yeah. like a summary of what I've been doing while this is like they've been happening, rather than like in real time, because <clears throat> and we can kind of continue on with what's happening currently, rather than going back to. You know, and then going through a whole story of when they were doing this, you were doing that kind of just do like a quick summary so we can keep on with, I guess, the pace of the encounter so we don't kind of lose that momentum. Do you want to go with that with that summary of what you've been doing? And, you know, it's been it's been about a day and a half of you kind of the, the group left. You woke up in the morning and I'm assuming you had a... been canvassing around town, just kind of asking questions here they're more pertaining to like hints of information as to why i've um come to the town asking about the uh the group that they're they're forming in water deep and um am i allowed to talk about other stuff that we had previously chatted with my background oh yeah of course of course and you you're staying elsewhere right you're not at the north look you're staying elsewhere uh I think after that, after that happened, I think I was just staying there because I was waiting for that meeting to transpire. Yeah, I believe you're staying at the. Well, I don't want to give it away, but you're, yeah. Yeah, I think you're staying elsewhere in town. I think that's right yeah. in your store. So I'm yeah. basically, I've basically kind of been going around canvassing, <laughs> talking, throwing hints there, trying to, trying to find a little information on this arcane brotherhood, seeing kind of who's got information on what, while kind of keeping a low profile still. Um, but I have been kind of keeping an eye as well on <laughs> Evander Kane. <laughs> um, and I feel like um, in this process, uh, I, when this commotion comes about or like when the town maybe becomes aware or I'm uh, kind of around town and possibly notice something out in the distance while well, maybe the guards are kind of not at post or maybe focus on elsewhere i can kind of get involved in that way and then yeah you hear you hear a large blast yeah of a horn uh, okay and then I, I as you're kind of you're posted up on a street corner um you've been just following the activities of various people in town one of them being evander kane um as you kind of see the door fly open to a local inn called Kelvin's Comfort that you kind of know to be the, the swag establishment in town. Uh, you see a Vander Kane and a couple other well-dressed individuals come out of this establishment as there's this ringing, uh, this horn is blaring in the distance. And uh, you start to see, not panic, but you start to see people come out of these buildings. Commoners on the street start to look up. Uh, they start to worry about what's going on. Uh, it doesn't take long as you are kind of watching this panic take place uh, that you finally see somebody rushing from towards the southeast wall yelling, orcs, orcs, we're being raided as they kind of run by you, spreading panic throughout the streets as people start to rush and, and drive themselves towards housing uh, and away from the south. <laughs> 
has as they have they established that group um, with the Vanderkane as far as uh, like in those last two sessions have they uh, like all joined together for that group to kind of investigate as to what's going on in the in the they've area? joined they've merely joined up to go and deal with this dwarf problem uh, you know that became a another dwarf problem. Okay. They Dwarfs are problems. They, they haven't. They haven't actually uh, like become. Dwarfs have problems of, at least. Of what, like the for for the uh, actual campaign? I didn't miss that in the last two sessions. Uh, you know what? There's not a lot going on outside of outside of the fact that Evander Kane has kind of filled them in on <clears throat> there is a killer uh, on the loose in the city. He said the main priority right now is to gain the trust of the people of Ten Towns. That's kind of the premise of where we're at is to, you know, aid and help good people like Scramsax who doesn't have any need. Um, so, so that's kind of where we've left it at. And, you know, from there they went and helped this, this dwarf and, you know, subsequently went on this journey to follow this iron ore um, that was a trade between two groups of dwarves. And now as the, they're on their way back to the city, they kind of encounter unbeknownst this grouping of orcs that's attacking the city which did have a an air of randomness to it and it still does this is random this is it's broad daylight it's mid-afternoon it isn't night you know it's just a random group of orcs on the warpath now storming the gates of the city how about uh, <clears throat> as veneth hears that bell before those people even kind of contemplate as to what's going on i have left uh parts through the front of the two doors and i've instinctually uh made my way up to a higher part of the town maybe a defensive wall to see yeah like a more of an aerial outlook of what's happening outside of there to get a better view as far as um what i can see what the the commotion is all about maybe i'm up there with a few sentry guards on the front wall and that's where i've made my can you see yourself on the map now matt two seconds can everybody see this map? Yeah. I can see the map. Yep. I haven't zoomed in yet. Because if not, I'm going to cry. <laughs> and I'm there. Yeah. And I have yeah. control. Wait. So you've kind of made your way quickly to the southeast. Uh, you've made it up just in time as this, you know, orc group of orcs is, is pushing forward. And you see... You see a couple things. You see four large orcs start to make their way with a large battering ram to the gates that have been There are some sentries coming up uh, onto the, the parapet. You notice there is, you know, a, a, the standing army is starting to mount in front of these gates that are about to be rammed. Um, you look back and you do see. Uh, the speaker of the town, Devessa, Devessa Shane, who you have also taken an interest in and been been following, um, and her sheriff, Martin Southwell. You see them in the background. You see a Vander Kane kind of rushing to show up as well. I can't make him visible on the map for certain reasons. Uh, and you see veterans... Um, you know, like actual standing members of the army start to roll in. 
uh, down the streets, rushing towards this as the archers on the parapets are starting to fire into the crowd. Um, as you gaze out on the battlefield, um, you can see, you know, kind of large gatherings of orcs to the left and the right that are also armed with bows starting to shoot up um, the palisades, sorry. And you see in the middle, can everybody hear me? I was losing you. Uh, can you guys hear me now? Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. You you can see a a large orc standing in the middle. There's banners to either side of him with bannermen holding them, and he's yelling out orders. You can't quite make it out, but you can see this scene unfold as there's war drums uh, beating loudly and horns blowing, and there's definitely a cause for panic in the air. Uh, meanwhile, guys, just so you know, we're looking at 10... We're looking at 10-foot cubes here. Okay. And, and you guys, I'm putting you on the map so you can see it, but you're, you know, you're rushing up to the very edge here, um, putting you... You know, you can rush up to 70 feet, but you're probably still quite a ways back as you make it, as you're making your way towards this this army advance. Is that is that ridge there? Like, uh, like you would have to climb that? Yes, ten feet. Uh, that changes everything. So yeah, from where you're standing, as you kind of come through these, again, it's snowy. It was the best map I could find. Nobody say anything. It's actually pretty impressive, but don't worry. About it. It's, looks great. It looks great. Uh, thanks, guys. It's really hard to do. Nice, um, but uh, yeah, so you, you start to... Uh, you can kind of just see that, that orc in the banner um, as, as he's on the edge of that cliff. This one? Yeah, that one there. And then, obviously, you can see um, you know through the snow and a little bit of trees and stuff like that, you can see this large orc grouping to your left. Um, these are groups of six. Uh, call them two to one, though, on, these, on the left and the right. So these guys here, there would probably be 12, and here there'd be 12. Uh, they are getting actively fired upon, though. So, you know, they will be, they will be dropping. Um, am I allowed to engage in battle yet with uh, the orcs outside the castle? I would really like to try diplomacy first. Uh, yeah, not, <laughs> yeah, not quite. Fine, I like how Veneth is getting right into it. Uh, they have hold a battery on. Rim. <laughs> hold on, I think they've given up on diplomacy. <laughs> let's go through. Uh, let's just go through everybody. You guys have just kind of arrived on the scene. Um, you, you've kind of you're you're almost hidden between these these snowy trees that do surround it. This is pretty realistic. What you're looking at as far as terrain. Can I see um, them from that distance? That is, uh, sorry, who was that? Venice. That was Venice. Oh. Roll me, roll me an investigation check. Whoops. As you, as you survey this battlefield, um, you're behind, you know, you're up top, 
on the on the palisades of, of this it's actually quite high it's about 30 feet surveying the ground and taking stock of what's going on making note of banners and and you do see out of the corner of your eye movement in the trees to the south of you. You can't quite make out individuals, but you definitely have your eyes on this area looking for, looking for what it could be. It definitely wasn't an animal. Or anything. They're, they're so distinguishable from the... They're distinguishable. Area. Okay. And then as you guys approach... Um, you kind of come through this rustling of trees. You've slowed down now. Uh, you poke around, and you are now seeing the scene that is in front of you. I suppose oh. if they're already being aggressive, we have no choice but to defend the town. <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Mister Music Robot, can we get some... Uh, you got any battle music? Let's see what I got. The The wind is... Blaring, that is for sure. It is cold. Cold as fuck. Let's get some battle music going. I yearn for tavern music sometimes. Those are the best sessions. Uh, so with Krug's statements, is everybody agreed to engage in battle? And do it. Well, so they're battling now, right? Sh- you said they're firing arrows at each other, etc. Yeah, war war drums are pounding. Um, you guys, from your vantage point, cannot see the orcs with a battering ram heading towards it, but you can see uh, some congested fire from the archers on the wall shooting down to the middle, leading you to believe that there is a a greater concentration of orcs that way. Uh, you can, however, see uh, a cluster of orcs in front of you. Some are hidden by trees, but you gather that there's quite a lot of them. You can see that, and you can see shooting arrows heading down this way. Okay. Uh, with that, we will do initiative. Hold on one second, though. I'm going to do this properly. Turn order is open. Oh, that's perfect. Ready for the rolls? You know what, man? I, uh, in the effort to nail it this time, I mainly because we're on camera now, I believe we are ready. Oh, fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be a sh- Oh, wow. And so are mine. Andre didn't get on there. Did you click pre-click your guy? Oh, who did? Oh, I didn't get on. Oh, you got to click your token. I, I, you know what? You can roll it, and I can just I can enter it from where I am, I believe. I was at 19. Look, I yeah, that's, great, that's great Ven- Ven- I Venice had a 19. No, I had an 8. Oh, sorry. Veneth had an eight. Yeah. This didn't make his. Did it? Yeah, you have to click and select your token. 
and then roll. Yeah, <laughs> once selected, that's weird. Okay. So, but, but it's telling me exactly that. Thank you. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I guess I didn't. Is anybody not on here? Edric Sorn. Edric Sorn. Dennis Krug. Andre. Okay. Uh, Krug got an 11, but he says 16 now. Sweet. Where did Greg go? I don't know why it would have double rolled. Um, hold on one sec. I'm just going to try something just for the sake oh, so of... I got a 23 and it says 12. Did it really? just rule everybody's again? That's pretty sick. Uh, I, I, I thought I only rolled the... I only rolled mine. Did that change yours, though, Krug? Yes. Yeah, there we go. I'm sorry. What did you get, Edra? 23. Oh, you can edit your own. Oh, no, you can't. What? Okay. I can edit anybody else's that was wrong or anybody else that wants to admit that they were wrong. Is mine, is mine 15 now? Uh, let's see. Sword is 15, yep. So I was able to edit my own. Okay. I don't know where Greg went, though. Uh, Greg. Oh, there he is. Okay. Sweet. I, I rolled him again and then fixed him. Okay. Sorry, guys. We will nail this down sooner or later. So, uh, as the scene unfolds in front of you, uh, Edric, you are up. First down. We got you, Edric. Sorry, yes. Um, hmm. So, I mean, is it super obvious that these orcs are engaging in hostile? Like, they're, su they're being super hostile. 100%. You're seeing, um, seeing firsthand them attacking and shooting uh, up at the guards. You can hear the war drums. It sounds like from a uh, tactical standpoint, the leader that you mentioned earlier. Um, you can't, you can't uh, see, but you can hear the guttural yellings over the war drums. Also, your ranks, fools, stick together. Stay as one. We will eat human flesh tonight. As you can kind of hear this ringing out from on top of this. Um, again, you can't really make him out as there is that 10-foot ledge. And he's close enough yeah. to it that you can't really see him. Okay. So you don't have line of sight of that guy there. Yeah. From Fair where enough. you are. Yep. Um, so Edric will kind of look to Krug and Andre. And he'll try to... like. Our are we doing this? Is this happening? Are we engaging them? I believe it's the right thing to do to protect the town, yeah. Let's be smart. Perhaps flank. Hmm. 
I'm new here. I'm not about to lose my life over 20 orcs attacking the city, so be smart. Okay, so this is probably a tall order, but um, I would like to know if I could get to this bush here with my dash action. So essentially what I want to do is I want to do 60 feet of movement plus bonus action. Um, Sorry, I'm just trying to rabbit hop. Yep. Up the cliff and into yep. the bush. Yeah. Yeah, into that bush right there. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So you that nobody can see me ever. I'm going I'm <laughs> to need a, I'm, I'll need a stealth check from you. Sure. Uh, it will have a low DC as, again, this, you know, you, there is an orc in front of you that kind of is an earshot, but outside. No, of- yeah, that, that, that's more or less why I was asking about all that. Okay, let's do that. Uh, yeah, you managed to, as your group behind you watches you take off um, along the snow, you managed to almost float up this this 10-foot, oh, slippery. DM did not take that into consideration, but uh, yes. That's why I used my bonus action, because I just wanted just to leap straight up it. Oh, wow. Oh, bunny hop, yes. No, you leap up this 10-foot gorge and uh, you just end up at the base of this this bush that you've disappeared into. Edric, essentially, to everybody's eyes, is gone. Just for the record, did they see me like sprint off and then jump this they enormous see, they height? Saw you, they saw you sprint <laughs> off, jump an enormous height for your size, and then disappear into a snowy bush. I, like, do you barely, you didn't Snow didn't flop off of it. You just disappeared inside of the bush. Sweet, Sweet sir, and Ray. That's it and, for my uh, turn. Okay, so... <clears throat> All right, so as that happens, uh, just before we get to Andre, you basically just see volleys of shots go out from the groups of orcs on the left and the right. Um, most of them are ricocheting off of, you know, palisades and blockings in front of the parapets um, as they, if I'm saying any of these words wrong, forgive me. Uh, but you can see them ricochet off. Some of them are hitting veterans, shoulder wounds. Uh, there is a, you know, a grisly scene of arrow fire back and forth between these groups. Uh, Andre, it's your turn. Orcs are on deck. All right. Andre is going to try and stay within cover here. Uh, yeah. So moving over to there. And Andre would like to cast a spiritual weapon. Um, it's a 60 foot range. Yeah. So I'm going to center it in this crew between these two guys if I can. Absolutely. Um, photo spectral, and then it's uh, then it's a melee spell attack. Um, so he's gonna take uh, some like 
rusty iron and uh he's gonna pull it out of one of his pouches and he's gonna blow like hold it in his hand and mutter a couple things in dwarvish and blow it towards this group of dwarves and uh a large like ghastly looking sickle it's gonna start floating between those two orcs right in the middle yeah and we're gonna roll an attack um, oh, I guess I gotta cast it first, right? So that's a 14 melee spell attack. So as you kind of blow this iron into the wind, a sickle forms up in the midst of the orcs. Obviously, they completely break ranks as they pull apart. Uh, not enough to move out of their spaces, but they obviously you know, are shocked by this. Um, as it swings on one, as he turns just in time to get, get his bow up and block the sickle from coming through. Uh, and that will miss. Okay. Um, and then uh, follow-up. So, remind me. Uh, yeah, cantrip, first level spell. Cantrip, and uh, so spiritual weapon was second level. Can I? Oh, do that's that? fine. You're still cantrip. Okay, cool. Only because I'm hoping you'll be so kind on Thursday. Ah, when we find a Thursday to play again. <laughs> yes, it's coming. Excellent. Uh, so the target is not missing any of its hit points, correct? Uh, that is correct. Okay, so I'm going to cast on the rear one. Uh, wow, D&D Beyond, so cool. So I told the dead. I need a Wisdom 12 save. Or Wisdom save, please. Spiritual weapon's not a cast, it's a bonus action? Oh, nice. Yeah, spiritual weapon's a bonus action. And my Toll the Dead is an action. That's ah, excellent. It's got a... So he doesn't save. No, it's a straight-up rule. He fails. Okay. Um, so he points at this um, this rear orc and he screams, Give the hands to endless night! And you hear a large bell. Bing! And then, uh, what was my roll? That was five, five points of necrotic damage. Is that this, this orc right here? Uh, yeah, rear center. Here, this guy. Yeah, is this sorry, what does it look like? Um so it's kinda it's necrotic damage, so yeah. there's a sound of a bell. There's there's no bell that a, a kind of happens, but um Andre's voice is is amplified when he screams, Give thee hence to endless night. So it's just echoing through his mind, causing this force damage. Um as yeah. it kind of booms into him any any you know, there's arrows being shot from everywhere as 
unbeknownst to anything around him, his head starts to ring and he hears this voice and he almost crouches down to a knee as he's, you know, bombarded with this dwarven voice in his head, not knowing where it's coming from. Sweet. And then and you that... are you are you are also in cover as well. Yeah. And I will I will prop up my shield and just stay stay hunkered down there. Okay. Um as that happens, uh you see the four make it to the gate. As you can hear this loud, crushing sound as this battering ram slams into the front gate. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, guys. You can't see on the other side of that gate. Is that correct? Nope, I can't see it. Veneth, can you see on the other side of the gate? I cannot. You would be able to see the scene I described to you. Okay. Of of soldiers amassing on the other side of this gate and other ones running down the alleyways and lanes. Is there somebody who's dictating like formation and like positions behind the wall? Like, yeah, you can hear you can hear Sheriff South Southwell Markham, okay. who you've you have followed. You you know these people. You you've kind of been around the city enough uh, that he's calling out orders. Um, you can't you none of these. None of these orders are making their way to the para, the, you know, to the the tops of the castle walls as arrows are, you know, continuing to fly down. Uh, everybody seems to be concentrating on these orcs that are now bashing into the wall. Okay, uh, but so they yeah, are... someone has taken charge. Okay, so they are focusing on the battering rams. On That's the... correct. Yes. Okay. Good. Um, and. Yeah. Little rules. And with that, we'll go to Sorn. All right. Um, I will. You said these are 10 each, right? Uh, 10 each, yeah. And, and the measurements will say thus when you measure it out. Okay. Um, I'm going to move forward. Go one, two, three. I'll just go here. Um, I will cast as a bonus action. I will cast hex on, and that's the damage doesn't count on this back left one. And then I will. Eldritch Blast. Go ahead. And sorry, Sorn, that's this one here? Yes. The ba the yeah. Back left, yeah. This one, yeah. Okay. I assume 24 hits. Uh, 24 hits. That was awful damage. Um, and then, do we... I, I assume you want me to roll um, the hex. It's a d6... On each hit, so I roll yeah, each hit, right? That's right. Um, and then hex. 
The 24 wasn't a crit, was it? No. Okay. So uh, nine total damage? Nine total damage, yeah. Yeah, as, as, and again, for every two of these, for every one that you see, there's two. So this is a group of 12. Um, yep. And the one, the one there is just obliterated with a scorch of eldritch electricity that burns right through the drop. You cut out, but I'll assume he died. Uh, yes, no, he died in uh, a glorious eldritch eldritch burnings and that's the end of my turn <laughs> and you're good staying where you're staying yeah okay uh, and with that uh, the next person up you can hear this voice focus focus you fools focus on the archers the archers, um, and that's uh, that's all you hear. As Krug, you're up. Krug, he <clears throat> Krug sees his allies move forward. Krug's going to rush ten twenty. So Krug dashes into the fray. He wants to get as many enemies. He can around him. Um, uh, within how? What, within what kind of distance? Like five, five feet? feet. I want to be surrounded. I mean, if you you could you could move into. Can you move into another person's slot? I mean, I'm small, so I can move through it. Yeah, you could you could literally slide into that spot, and now you have as many people around you as you want. There's okay, so, so Krug, lightning quick, sword just. Scott points to the sky, nice and postured, travels over there, almost like a cloud of dust behind him. I'm going to action surge, and with that action, I'm going to cast Sword Burst. So basically, it's a DC 13 deck save, as when I get over there, I slam my greatsword into the ground, and many large swords, um, almost looking transparent, and ethereal fly from the ground into every single one of them who are within five feet of me, unless they dodge it. Yeah. Hold on. Did you catch that? Oh, yeah, I caught it all. Do you want a sucker save or do you want uh, 11 rolls? Ooh. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I feel more comfortable I'll pick it. surrounded I, 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 to at I, I, least I, take out some of them. I so got 13 I would, dice in front of me. It's fine. I, 13 dice then, please. Or 11, sorry. Whatever it is. Because I, I would hate to be, miss every single one in this, in this <laughs> rush of glory. <laughs> and the DC is what? 13. 13. Two, three, only two. Uh, no, wait. That's, ten, uh, that's eight. <laughs> three save. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, and there, that's six damage? That's six damage to those who failed. So you put damage down on this entire grouping. 
doing an astounding amount of damage. That's eight times six. Mm. So that's 48 points of damage you've shelled out as your sword goes down. And is this electricity that shoots out of it? What does it look like? Force, so it almost like it is in the shape of a blade. But when it hits them, it's more like a like a like a really hard punch. Now oh, this is Wrath of the Lich King. This is great. Uh, yeah, as they're almost blown back, you see this force explosion, almost like this ethereal shield coming out of the ground, like in this in this half circular shape that almost pushes them backwards, sucks them back in as they take this force damage, and several of them fall to the ground, uh, dead. Uh, blood pouring out of their noses, ears, eyes. Krug releases his sword from the ground, gets in a ready stance, and uh, that's his turn. Okay. Uh, Craig, you are up. Greg, sorry. Oh, Greg, yes. Uh, Greg <laughs> will fly in... F- oh, all these are dead? He'll fly in uh, 50... And there's two for every one. Yeah. Okay, well, there's still a lot of alive, alive things there. Okay, he'll fly in and harass this guy, um, giving me the help action on him. Okay. And then we've got, uh, so as you kind of, as you're watching the the battlements. Oh, sure. Um, Venice, you see this. Nobody can see it from where you guys are, but Venice, you can see this um, giant flail out of nowhere appear right in the center of this tower and it begins to swing violently out of thin air um, there's almost smoke ghosting from it as it sweeps around disappears and attacks again as it begins to barrage and kill the soldiers on the, on the wall And uh, we will go to Venice. You're up. Oh, God. Um, okay. Fuck. So is that thing still there just doing its thing? Yeah, there's still a flail sitting there swinging just in midair. Am I able to do like a perception check to see if there's any uh, possible like mage or any type of magic using on the orc side on the field. Yeah, absolutely you can. Yeah. Uh can you roll me investigation? Yeah. Uh you you gaze downwards. And just given your history, you're very you're very close to you're very close to seeing it very specifically. Uh but you do see an orc apart from the rest um, with, with he's wearing armor uh, but less armor than everybody else and you do see him making motions uh, you don't see anything more than that but you believe that that could be that could be a magic user 
right. Um, with my um, blessing of the Raven Queen, can that go through solid material? For the sake of right now, yes, because I would have to read it. It's basically it. it the, the write up is uh, teleportation of defeat to an unoccupied. Can it go through solid? Yeah, like if I'm on the like the tower, like because it's coming from a, from a height as well. You can go down for sure. The tower. I mean, there, there's there's. Uh... There's holes in the tower wall for archers and stuff like that. So it's like that's solid. That is, you can go through that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So, but could you normally go through a solid, something solid with teleportation? Yeah. Like, yeah, I guess it's not really like a nightcrawler ability, is it? Um, does anybody know the answer to that teleportation? Yeah. I think you have to see your... Uh, the spell should say, but I believe a mm -hmm. spot you can see. <clears throat> yeah, I think so. It says unoccupied space is what the write-up says. What's the... That you, that you can see within range. So you have to be able to see it. Okay. Which you it, can see it in this point. Okay. I'm just... I'm clarifying for later on when you're in the middle of a dungeon and you just decide to try to go through a I wall. Get you. I get what you're saying. Okay, well, like, I, f I feel like I can't do much up there with what's going on. So I think with that perception check, I'm going to pursue and make my way closer um, to that individual that I see out there. So of I'm going to do my blessing of the Raven Queen and move 30 feet uh, from this wall. So each space is 10. They're 10 and, and you're going to go, it's basically going to get you to the bottom. It's 30 feet down. Okay. Uh, yeah, just move me. Yeah, right there is fine. I'll give you that one. <laughs> it make, takes. Can you can you move your guy or no? Yeah. Okay. Do you want him right on the wall? Uh, you 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 teleported down, and now you can move wherever you want. Okay, but is it is that is it coming from? Sorry, I can't click on here. Like when where he started from, is that from the wall where my movement starts? Or is it where he uh, your movement starts right there? You basically just teleported down the wall. Okay. And then I can move another 30. If you want. I mean you could also, you know, attempt to scale down that wall, but it's gonna eat your movement speed, or you can yeah. jump and take damage. So since with the teleportation, it's a bonus action, so I still have my full movement as well. Of course, of course. And sorry, Venice, you can move. Yeah, okay, perfect. Okay, okay. All right, sweet. Um, and I guess I will take a. I I can take um. Now the yeah, way it's described, because I've never played a rogue before. The way it's <clears> described <throat> with the um. The uh, it's just one sec. No problem.
the sneak attack. It's uh, yeah. It's saying once per turn you can deal your extra damage when you hit a creature with a finesse or ranged weapon if you have advantage on it. What what gives me the advantage? Would it just be the range of being away from him to make that activate? Uh, generally with rogue, you have to have advantage in order to have an advantage. You have to be either hidden or you have to have an ally within five feet of them. Okay. Okay, then I'll just do a regular attack on the 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 middle one, kind of like above where Krog is. <clears throat> well, yeah, Krog's going to give you advantage. Oh, he will. Okay, sweet. Then I'll oh, do... yeah, no, he's right in the midst there. So now, essentially what that does is Krug popping out of nowhere and blowing the shit out of people will give you advantage because they're now starting to focus on him. Okay. But do you get advantage or that just allows you to sneak attack? Well, the sneak attack gives... I only can use a sneak attack with advantage. I thought... Oh, or oh, when an ally... No, you get sneak or, attack, yeah. Or yeah. when an ally. Yeah. Like, I don't think you get advantage, but you do get sneak attack because there's an ally. Yes. Otherwise, yeah, if, if otherwise sneak attack would be completely useless. So yeah, you get it because the ally is within five feet or if you have advantage. Or okay. if you're a swashbuckler. Yeah, you okay. need advantage right. if there's an enemy of the target within five feet. Okay, so what I'm what what I want yeah, to do is do a sneak attack on the guy closest to me. Yeah, and then in turn do uh, a whales from the grave on the guy below him. Yeah, attack it up. Okay, <clears throat> and you're shooting with a crossbow or something. Short. It's a short bow. Yeah, sweet. Um, no, you just do a normal attack and normal then, attack. okay, and then yeah. sneak attack gets added if you hit. Okay, yeah. Are you if yeah if you're on the D and D beyond, you can you can roll all that with one attack. That's too. And take your time. Surgery surgery counts as a legitimate reason. Yeah. I mean tonsil surgery. <laughs> Um, so if I'm, if I'm going, cause I, I can't do that dice thing. It doesn't, that Google Chrome thing doesn't work for my, uh, Oh, if, if that's the case, then you can just roll a D 20 for attack and then auto roll your damage and we can get you figured out. I just add your modifiers. Yeah. So that's, 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 uh, that's a hit. Was that a, oh no, that was amazing. Imagine that would hit. Yeah. That's a hit on the orc for sure. And then you're going to get your bow damage plus your sneak attack damage. So that's 3d6. Okay, so now I roll the sneak attack? Yeah, you can just roll 3d6 and we'll see if you take the total if that's what you want to do. Uh, or se I, I'm seven. to click the actual the but the, the button and that's unfortunately that's how it pops. No, up. that's okay. You get your bow damage as well though. Okay. So I do that to the first guy. <clears throat> did that register? No, but I think a short bow is what. Oh, did it register? No, it was like damage for the no short bow is one d six plus your mod. Okay. Uh... Oh, you got to get D and D and beyond. So good. 
<laughs> I do, I do have like I'm I'm using D and D Beyond. Yeah, but without that Chrome thing, oh. Let me just well, one. He has it, doesn't he? Yeah, but the dice rolls at like a snail's pace. Oh, oh that's right. Figured that out. Oh yeah. Okay, I did it. Let's try it. Uh, you, can, you can roll it on. Like you have a dice, you have a dice thing on roll twenty on the left hand side. It, it, it looks like a d twenty. You can just open that up and okay. can roll whatever you want. Just so you're rolling a d six on that. Yeah, you can roll a d six and just add the mod to it. I'm sorry that didn't be seven plus sneak attack, so it's fourteen damage total. Uh yes, okay. You're going you're going to kill him. Yeah. And then you are gonna use Whale the Grave. Whales from the grave, yeah. And that's going to attack the man back here. Yeah, and that's necrotic damage on him. Absolutely. I'd roll another d6 on that one. Correct? Yeah, correct. Ooh. See if this yeah, Phantom Beyond 20 works. And then have you have you set up Venice, uh, have you set up your uh, proficiency rule for your whales? Not it's not whales of the grave. Did you set that up separately? You set- um, I'm 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 not sure what you're talking about. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. I'm gonna wing it for you then. So two point and two points of damage. Uh, is this? How how does it look when this whales of the graves hit? What what is it? It's a two. No, I, I sorry. I know it's a two, but like, how does oh, it look? Sorry. Like, what happens? Oh, so basically, with with um, my wills from the grave, it's almost like my damage from the first guy will is basically the arrow will be going through him, and then it'll make its way through the rest of his body, and the same arrow will travel to the guy behind him, hit him square in the chest, and the area where he's been hit it kind of starts to decay his blood starts to cauterize but it's more of like in uh, a th- a thick like congealed almost like it's it's falling out kind of like the consistency of like i would say mashed potatoes than anything else than blood as <clears> the <throat> uh, insides start to kind of uh shut down on him and uh the re- the rest of his body starts to uh feel the necrotic damage as far as like coursing through his veins and then can you roll me a stealth stealth yeah. roll? It's going to take like 40 minutes. Just one sec. And we will get this sorted out. There's got to be an answer. Me and, Jer- me and Jeremy are on it for next session. We'll figure yeah. it out. I did a big cleanup of my computer and did a bunch of shit. Yeah. The visuals just... Nice. So, (laughs) as you, in this very quick motion, 
look down upon the top of this wall, you flash down, instantly teleporting to the base of it. Uh, you move unseen, quietly. Arrow is shot. Enemies have fallen. And you can hear this whispering voice. Stay quiet. Stay down. Stay in. As these whispers from the long past dead that surround you uh, reach out and guide you into the, into the depths of this bush that you're in, remaining completely, completely hidden from sight. And with that, as you kind of fall unseen into this bush, you hear this loud voice from behind you that you would recognize. Volley! Archers! Volley! As you see arrows not only shoot from the wall, but you see arrows shoot from behind the wall, um, just shooting out and spraying on everything. Uh, Krug, roll me a dexterity, a dexterity save. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Boom, 19. You got it. So as these arrows just plunge into these ranks of orcs, uh, you manage to kind of almost grab your sword. You're hiding, you know, almost in beneath them and in between them as there's still a couple more have fallen. There's still several, you know, three or four more around you as you're in the midst of it. And uh, back to the top of the order with Edric. Okay. First things first. Am I hidden? Doesn't, uh, y- yes, actually, you it are doesn't hidden. doesn't matter. Really, doesn't matter. Bonus action. Um, I'm gonna cast Zephyr Strike. Yep. Oh, I didn't mean to do that, but that's fine. Um, Deal one okay. force damage to yourself. Yeah. Uh, so this guy has been barking orders. Yeah. Left. Sorry? Left. Uh, you can see him right there barking orders. Barking orders. What does this guy look like? <clears throat> um, Is he like a leader of some kind? or He's wearing like almost a leather armor, but with robes built and weaving into it. Um, okay. From your vantage point, you can see him, you know, making making odd gestures with his hands and pointing at things and whispering. And he's pulled out um, almost his pocket full of rust. And he, you see him blow it into the wind as he looks high upon the walls of Brinchander. Oh, is he the one making the gestures? But this guy is calling the shots? He's barking orders loudly. Uh, he's every lead. Now, just because I can see his token... Um, I need to ask, does he look like the foot soldiers that are around? No, no. He's, uh... He's got less garb, are you saying? Less armored? <laughs> he's, um... He, he's very well adorned. Um, you see... That's uh, not on the back of his thing, but he, he looks very well armored. Okay, so I, I'm gonna... Okay, so Edric is gonna just methodically... In this last like six seconds or ten seconds that he's been in this bush, he's gonna methodically try to choose his target, 
try to see who is high priority, that kind of thing. And he's going to point out this guy. He's going to load a cartridge into the chamber. He's going to really just like cue up the shot, look down his iron sight. He's just going to start breathing in a really rhythmic way. And uh, that's where he's going to really trigger his his magic ability. Yep. Just like essentially like breathing and, and rhythmically and going through this ritual of 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 just like honing in on, on the target. Uh-huh. You're and Ed Harris in uh, Enemy at the Gates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and because I'm hidden, well, actually because I cast Zephyr Strike, I get uh, advantage on this shot. Oh. <laughs> but because Good of man. it, I get double advantage, which is just regular advantage. And does a 28 do ya? A critical hit. Oh, yeah, buddy. That's uh, going to be double damage. That's going to be an automatic uh, max damage on your rifle as well for the for one of those. So that is an 8 plus. Well, the Zephyr Strike does an 8, so I'll just do... Okay, so my th- roll is saying 4d8. Why is it saying 4d8? Oh, because it's 2 normally. Yeah, your rifle's going to be 2 plus the Zephyr, so you're going to hit uh, 8, 6, 24 points of damage before you roll. Jesus Zephyr? Christ, so that's four, 24 plus 14 plus a yeah. d8? Well, 24 plus 14 plus your mod. Oh, plus 4. So 24 plus 14 is... Oh no, plus your Zephyr Strike, plus your modifiers. Me. Okay. Well, that's the one. I rolled the Zephyr Strike. It was all right, sure. Okay, thanks for giving me a freebie. So fifteen and twenty-four is thirty-nine. Thirty-nine plus four is is thirty-three. Forty-three. Forty-three, sorry. So essentially there's like a moment of silence with the air still. Everybody's just like in in that millisecond or that second of of just like doing their next movement or having that train of thought. Edric looks down and like in the action time pulls pulls the trigger and just like yeah just fucking blasts that motherfucker. Massive yeah kaboom. <laughs> the air shatters. As this orc, this orc's shoulders is nearly blown inwards. The exit wound explodes out of his chest. The drums stop as this kaboom destroys the field of battle. He turns and glares behind him as he's almost holding his shoulder together as he unsheaths his scimitar. Uh, and kind of looks towards the bush to see what he can see. He's uh, not dead. He's not. No, he's bleeding, but he's okay, still alive. Okay, so I have movement. He's bloody. Uh, uh, bear with me for one sec. Uh, ben, if you can, you can see the guards on the top of the wall. 
yeah. uh, like nearly lower their bows as they look out in all as they as, as you can see even from your vantage point there um you can barely see it through the trees but you can see the guards uh nearly jaw dropped on top of the thing as they drop their bows uh as blood just explodes out of out of this orc And I is this a bush? Can I go jump into this bush over here? Well, I, <laughs> yes, I can move that far, but like yeah, once I get the there for it for sure. Yeah, so I, I've got my thirty plus the thirty from uh, Zen Strike. Okay. And do you want to roll me a stealth? Yeah. Does Zephyr give you advantage or no? Uh, not on stealth. It just gives me yeah. the movement. Oof. Yeah, so as you kind of dash across this, um, the orc, what you deem to be this head orc, turns and he sees this splashing in the water as you jump towards this bush. And you can kind of hear him yell out, Bannerman! Bannerman! Get the small thing in the bush! Over there! As he points towards you. And good. Good measurement. Uh, and that's good? Yep. And as he yells out, you see the orc in front of you kind of drop his banner. Uh, and he's going to move towards you. Uh, and he's going to attack with his great axe. <laughs> not as good as not as good as you, but it'll it'll do. Uh, the roll is coming through, but it will be a hit. So you're gonna oh, take God. almost a crit. So you're gonna take slashing damage, and as that happens, this orc here is also going to throw a javelin in your direction. Uh, you are not hidden at this point. Nice. Uh, he will crit. Uh, he's going to crit fail. Uh, do you want odd or even, Edric? Oh, God. Uh, odd. All right. Odd for Edric. Uh, yeah, so that is actually going to come through, and it is going to... You see this javelin get thrown. As this great axe hits you, you fall backwards, and you see this javelin pierce through the shoulder of the orc in front of you. Uh, and then you know from in front of you you see another volley of arrows uh, shoot out to the guards on the wall uh, dropping several of them as they kind of fall off the top of this wall and uh, with that we will head to Andre alright So in this section, oh sorry, I'm going to move a couple orcs. Okay. Just while we're, you can go ahead. We're just moving orcs. Um, as you guys hear another, no, sorry, Andre first. You go ahead. Okay. Um, is there still a living orc under Krug here? Or yeah, there's still there's still several around him. There's several dead. There's several still alive. Sorry. Okay. 
So um, let's let's for the for just for ease of purpose here, we're gonna bring all these back to life. Uh, just because they represent different orcs. So now they're singular. Uh, yeah, now they're singular. Very well. All right. Um, yeah, so I've got my spiritual weapon there, and uh, I guess I'll just change the target. Uh, unless, well, either way. Um, would be a bonus action, so I will make that melee spell attack. Excuse me. Sweet. Oops. Is that a four to hit or four damage? Uh, that was a D eight that was rolled. Um. So, okay, I'm just trying to figure out how to roll it. I guess yeah, no worries. Just roll a d20 and add my... Might as well. The spells can be stuff. confusing. Oh, fuck shit. It's okay. Spir Sorry. Spiritual weapon can't always be a beauty. Uh, but yeah, no, it does. Uh, it does swing through and again... It's going to like clank off the arm, uh, quite heavily armored. They got, you know, very solid armor. These orcs, mm -hmm. um, and just so you do know, the one on Krug's left uh, has taken an arrow to the shoulder that you can see. Okay, well that that changes everything then. <laughs> Sweet. Um... Then uh, Andre will start making his way out. His movement's 25, so he'll be somewhere in there. He's got five feet in hand. Yep. <clears throat> Walking his full movement, just striding out. And he's going to scream, in Dwarven. And uh, smash his mace against his his shield and cast toll the toll the dead once again. And with while he smashes his mace, that's the ring. And this guy has been missing his hit points. Yes. Oh, uh, he needs a wisdom save though, or he takes twelve. Uh, he's gonna fail miserably. Sweet. So that'll be 12 points of necrotic damage. It's not just, oh, you rolled the 12. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, as he falls to his knees with his ringing in his head, uh, just repeating over and over, his blood begins to, like, black tar blood leaks from his ears as he falls down. Uh, his face just distorted in a grimace of pain. Excellent. And I believe that's going to be my turn. My spells, BA, 1A, movement, win. Uh, and with that, you hear this thundering boom as the... Uh, you can see from your vantage... You can't really see it, but you can hear this 
cracking sound of of metal and wood just crush as this gate gives way. Uh, going to go through this. As the gate begins to crumble and orcs start to clamor through the door. Gate crushes open. And with that, we'll go to Sorn. Um, I'll move my hex to this guy. Yep. And Eldritch Blast. Uh, uh, low-level warlocks. <laughs> uh, 12 to hit is going to miss. Uh, um, all right. It, it does make contact, but... Um, again, they're, they're quite heavily armored as it scorches into them, but doesn't quite penetrate. Okay, and then I'll move up and end my turn. And with that, um, Edric, you hear this rage, this just raging yell as this orc turns on you. And, uh, yeah, he's going to run right up on you, uh, using aggressive. Which orc, sorry? Uh, the main guy that you shot, uh, very oh, okay. violently. Jesus, hell. And, uh, he is going to attack you twice. All right, let's see. Are we going to have an arrow moment here? Uh, it's coming. 17 hit? Yep. So 15 slashing damage. Ooh. I didn't cheat and look at this one. Oh, no. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> no not a, it's not a crit. So uh, 25 points of damage total. Yeah. Uh, are you still up? No. Ouch. Fuck. Um, Andre, you hear this this Can't perilous hear. this perilous cry. Uh, this whimpering cry. Such a bad uh, come from the direction of the east. Um, and you get this just with who and what you are, you kind of get this distinct feeling that that, that Edric has fallen. Dan, Dan, Dan just said BRB. Sorry, Dan BRB. He said, oh, No, no problem. So, with that, oh, he's back. Uh, you will head to Krug. That's so annoying. Oh, no, sorry. I'm sorry, Sorn. We'll head to Sorn. Sorry, uh, I just, no, went. I've so lost. just went. It is, Craig. This was unusual in the sense that uh, it was a rather large battle, which won't be typical. Uh, Krug, you are up, my friend. 
All right. So, how many is Krug surrounded by? Uh, there's three living in front of you. What you see is what you get. Okay. Uh, Krug is going to sword burst again. He's going to line them up in front of him as best he can, swing his sword just outside of their range. Not so much to like actually hit them with the sword, but he's channeling his draconic power and swords burst from his sword, attempting to pierce the rest of the orcs. For another max damage. DC 13 deck save. Uh, one is going to save with a 20. Uh, this guy on the far right is going to save. These two fail. Uh, with another max damage. Uh, the one on the left was already injured and has gone down, and the one in front of you is bleeding badly. The other one manages to shield himself as they now turn their attention towards you. Ah, uh, that, that's going to be the end of my turn. Okay. Uh, as the gentleman here, there's going to be He's making some motions and movements and stuff like that. You can't really see. Uh, none of you can see at the moment. Um, and yeah, up to Venice. Is it? Uh, okay. Um, shit. Okay, I, I'm going to continue to... Um piggyback off of Krog and help him with this group of orcs. Of course. Uh, I'm going to go, can, can, I, can you see me when I click on the screen? Uh, yes. I'm going to, for the middle one, I don't know how, yeah, there we go, okay. Uh, I'm going to do another sneak attack. Okay. Just gotta wait for these dice to land. <laughs> My, mine's a little bit behind, and I know how frustrating it is. Uh, sneak attack damage has landed. Attack. You gotta do a normal attack, and then sneak attack is like in addition. Oh shit, yeah, that's right. Sorry, man. Rogues do so much damage. Doing the uh, just the short bow right now, too. Just give me a sec. Uh, 22 is definitely going to be a hit. Okay. Uh, as you sneak attack from the bush, and that orc falls uh, with an arrow through his throat. All right. Um, and I am going to... Uh, <coughs> take my movement. 
just settle right there. And that's it for me. Okay. Um, the veterans are going to move through. Um, nobody's really there to see it, but you can hear fighting and commotion and the ringing of steel um, as orc and human clash at the gates of Bryn Shander. Another volley comes down. Orcs fall. The bow and arrows from the guards on top. Uh, we will move to Edric. Oh. Huh. Oh, no shit. We all saw that, by the way. What did we all see? His death saving roll, I assume? Nah, no, no, no. No. <laughs> oh, that's his. Oh, no. No. Edric, I'm going to give you a freebie here. I, I, I forgot our conversation. And when I originally had it in my head, I was going to roll them so that nobody would know their status. And then you said, no, no, we should roll and whisper it. Yeah. Sorry, so you didn't want me to roll that? I thought I was doing it private, sorry. No, definitely, we all saw it. Or at least I did. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think I'm special in any way. Yeah, I see it. It's kind of weird that says 2DM. but Yeah, <laughs> I know. I did it in D&D Beyond 2DM. So what we'll do is, is uh, from moving forward for death saving throws, is they will be rolled in secret. Uh, to the DM. Uh, that one notwithstanding, in my head originally I had it that the DM would roll just so nobody else knew. I, again, I didn't know whispered rolls. I'm not used to playing on roll 20. Uh, yeah, yeah. So for this one instance, um, we'll use my roll for Edric. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> as you take these <clears throat> these two devastating slashes, um, You almost feel this flare of heat, not searing like it was before, but you feel this flare of, of warmth and heat flood your body as the sigil in your left arm kind of pulsates. Um, you are very much bleeding. You are very much hurt. You are prone, uh, but you are alive as you kind of gasp for breath. And um, with that, there's not much Oryx left here as they continue to fire. 
sorry, from that roll, do I get my turn, or is that just the end of my turn? Oh, no. No, sorry about that, Edric. You would actually get, uh, you would get your, do you, no, uh, do you get your turn on a successful death save? I don't mean successful, I mean. Yeah, so, um, as far as I understand is you roll at the beginning of your turn, and if something happens in which you get up, then you get your turn. It heals you to one point. I'm not sure what you can do with it, but yes, you are, you're, you're able to get up if you want. Okay, so I'd like to use my bonus action to jump over this motherfucker. Yep. And essentially, bonus action dash away. Now, it, it, you don't have Zephyr Strike anymore, correct? That's no, 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 no. Yeah. Is he going to get an opportunity attack? Uh, so I'm jumping out of his range, assuming his range is not beyond 10 feet. No, it is not. So I'm jumping ten feet, or yeah, ten feet past him. But as you leave his range, does he not get? Would these two not get opportunity attacks? Um, I don't think jump actions get opportunity attacks, but I'm not sure. Yeah, unfortunately, they do. Do they? Yeah. Uh, okay, then I'm going to bonus action disengage. Or no, not bonus action, sorry. Action disengage. Uh, run 30 feet and then jump another 10 feet. Or jump, then run. One of the two. So I'm giving myself 40 feet, essentially. You do take an opportunity to attack. Uh, no, no. Not, for, not for disengage. You're yeah. good there. Okay. And you're moving? Yeah. I'm essentially... Running this way. That can't do that again. And that's it. Okay. Um, as you start to make your way kind of through this water away from danger, um, other works have shot and gone. Um, and we will move down the line to Andre. All right. Um, quick question, DM. Is there... So there's no more over here, right? Uh, they have all been cleared out. Orcs are all dead. Krug stands victorious in a pool of blood and glory. Nice. As per usual, Krug. <laughs> And this is a kind of a twenty foot bottom to top cliff here. Ten, ten foot. Ten foot. And that ten feet was stated at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it was. That's why I jumped it. Yeah, no, sorry, that was not like evilly said, pointing fingers, just so that <laughs> just so you know, I'm not changing rules at all. Oh yeah, no, no. So I've got five feet in hand for movement. So I'll move there. Yeah, that's gonna be ugly. But you don't realize how detrimental that extra five feet is in your lifetime until you roll up. Yeah, they can only move the twenty-five. Totally. All right, Andre. Actually, so that's now I'm even for movement, and I'm gonna get. Doot, doot. 
So that'll be 20. And we'll call it there. No, we'll call it 20 with five feet in hand. As he's gonna start, ah, ah, select the right. There we go. There we go. And he's gonna, so he's taking the dash action. Yeah. And. Sorry, was that difficult to move that one character you have to worry about? <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you know, just the selection from the arrow to the measurement to the arrow. I know. I know. <laughs> Um, and my spiritual weapon was here, and there are no enemies. Okay. My spiritual weapon dissipates, I believe. And that, you can't move it? Uh, only 20 feet. <clears throat> okay. And, yeah, I suppose that's my turn. Okay. As orc after orc throws itself at the gate. Um, Andre, you can now kind of see through the clearing, so can Venif. Uh, you see this, you know, this, this bloody uprising at the gate as um, you hear screams of, of humans and orcs like dying uh, with spear thrusts and sword thrusts. There should be an easier way. I'm sure there is, and I just don't know it yet. Um, and with that, <clears throat> Edric, roll me a stealth check. Shit, what's happening here? As you, yeah, as you head off into the path, uh, you can kind of hear from behind you, Golik will have you. Will not escape me. As he swings down with his axe, uh, and he's gonna ah. hit. <laughs> Fuck me. And you are you're gonna go down as you kind of uh go down again um and he is going to use that again as you've kind of dropped beneath him and he grabs you and lifts you up and he's now holding you above his head as you're just bleeding internally um all over him as he's holding you up and his orc bannerman you can kind of see cheering to the sky. Uh, and we will move to Sorn. Okay, and we can't see up this cliff, right? Uh, you can't see up that cliff. Uh, again, you can you can hear you can hear the shoutings of this orc. Um, and he's quite tall, and he's now holding. You, you can see Edric's body as you kind of look that way. You know, pumping up into the sky as he's being held above something. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't believe there's anything I can do about that. Um, 
so I'll start walking this way. And I assume, can I see any of these guys at the gate or no? From here? Um, it's through tree, like, at, at the gate this way over here? Yeah, I'm not sure, like, probably not through this tree. It, it's tough to see. It's, it's thick. You can more hear the sounds of battle. Uh, you can see, you know, glimpses and feet as you peer through these bushes. Again, they're quite heavily ridden with snow from where you're standing. There you can begin to see them, yes. I'm going to just dash here, and then that'll be my turn. Okay. And we're on to the man, Krug. So Krug moves forward. 10, 20. Does he see Edric? Yeah, you're now kind of on the top of this cliff as you move forward, and you can see Edric. Um, you see this gruesome scene of this large orc holding Edric's body in the air. Edric's body is still covered and wrapped, but you can see uh, he's holding him up as a prize. Krug's horrified by the sight. Takes his last movement forward. Yells, Edric, no! He pulls a stone from his belt, holds it up high. It shines with incredible light as flakes of light travel towards Edric, and 30 feet away from him, they configure themselves into the shape of an orc himself, and he manifests an orc from this glowing stone. So, 5, 10, 10, 20. Right in that square there. As he's used a stone from his inventory. Huh. Uh, the... Uh, the yellow dotted war chief orc is yours. Okay. Huh. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, do I roll him in at this point? <clears throat> uh, yeah, you can... Yeah, you can roll that in. Okay, I wonder if I can use... I think I can. Oh, boom. Did that roll him on here? That rolled him on there. Oh, uh, oh, damn. Probably not on the actual chart, which is unfortunate. Uh, no, that's okay. Oh, 20. Uh, hold on. 20 plus... So 21. Uh, just 20. Oh, that's already got the plus one, sorry. Yeah. Uh, that's fine, I will not forget. Okay, sure. He'll be right after Edric. Alright, is that an action, or what is that? That's my, yeah, it's my movement in action, that's it. That's all I got. Okay. Um... Other works move. We will move right to uh, Krug. You can now see this uh, almost robed, armored orc move forward as you hear him kind of whispering to himself from where you are. 
um, as he begins to move unseen weapons up top. Um, and yeah, we're going to move on to uh, Venice. This may be a stupid question. You can't move diagonal on here on the map. Uh, yeah, you can move diagonal. You can't? Okay. Um, yeah, it still counts as the same movement that the blocks would count as. Okay, sweet. So I, I, I uh, noticed the uh, guy from from previously when I saw him with my perception check doing the casting. Mm-hmm. Um, since I still don't really have any ties to these people anyway, I don't really have a concern. So I'm going to make my way closer to him. So I'm going to do my last uh, exhaust of the Raven Queen blessing and teleport uh, 30 feet. Oh, two of them. Yep. Gonna exhaust the blessing. Sorry, it's the blessing. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of instant tele- teleport right next to Krug. Yeah. Uh, as I as I appear behind the bush, uh, he has this. Excla- well, I guess he's focused on what he's doing right now with um, Edric, but as well, he notices me pop up and has this expression on his face, and I just put a finger towards my lips without motioning anything. Um, and I'm going to make one more move of 10 feet to the right. And then I'm going to do my uh, sneak attack on this. Would it be the war chief? Uh, yeah. Yeah. This guy right here? Uh, no. Uh, this is uh, this is hard to explain given on what you saw. But Krug summoned this. I'm talking. I'm talking about the guy on the right with the uh, horned. Oh, right here. Uh, it is not a war chief, but he is that. That is the caster that you yeah. got earlier. Yes. I'm gonna focus on him. I'm gonna do my quick attack or my sneak attack on him. Well, you uh, do a normal attack. I don't think you get sneak on. Yeah, him. you don't get a sneak attack. He's not near an ally. Oh, and, oh uh, I was near one. And you're well. not hidden. Oh, okay. And I'll just do a, a just a straight short bow. And the dice is just rolling. Give me a sec. <laughs> it's weird. Is it slow on Beyond 20? Yeah, it's the animation is in like a crawling speed. You uh, might I... be able to disable the animation at least. Then yeah, I'm, that's I'm just doing it too. Roll. All right, so an 11 is going to miss as you see it kind of bounce off this robed figure, but as it hits, you hear this clank of iron underneath it. Okay, that's my turn. Okay, we are back up to the top with Edric, and I will get you to whisper me your death saving throw. Mm. I don't know how to do that, though. I'll just roll a uh, d20 here. 
Sorry, I have to unbury them. Okay. It says if you enable hardware acceleration on Chrome, it'll fix it. Are you talking about the dice roll? Yes. Okay, so Edric, you are you are raised high in the air above this orc. And as he shakes you, you're gashed open, your clothes are ripped. Uh, blood is kind of swelling you know, through these cracks, but you're you're holding it together. You can feel this sigil in your arm burning ever brighter as as you can almost feel like two worlds are being pulled apart. Uh, the shocking reality of the world you're in that is filled with pain and burning and suffering and the the, the sigil that's holding you warm and safe. Um and uh, with that, uh, we move to the orc war chief. Uh, do you control this orc war chief, Craig? Just for uh, reference, does, did anybody see that? I think Craig's um, watching. No, sorry, the roll that I made. Oh no, I didn't see it. Okay, good. Oh, that was. Oh, did you, was this story? Is this the one you texted me, or is this the one? No, that, no, no, no. I was just testing that one. The one that I texted you was the real one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I know. That's good. Um, okay, done deal. And uh, yeah, Orc War Chief Krug, you're up. Is this Orc War Chief um, noticeably different? Maybe different sigil, different colors. Uh, he would be in my mind. He he would be nearly ethereal, okay, uh, like great. like a forgotten ghost of a of a long a long past history war chief of the orc tribe. Okay, uh, does he have any bearings of a sigil on him? Uh, he does bear the sigil on his armor of of uh, the of the tribe that you had interacted with. Right, right. So the same one as on the uh, on the stone. That's correct. Okay. So the orc war chief lands. He he roars with his great axe high above his hand, his head in both hands, almost like a howl, as if it's a, a ghost. Um, and he he knows, as I summoned him with a, I can't control him, so he does move forward to. The orc that's holding Edric. Yep. And he's going to make a multi-attack on him. As he charges and swings his axe. <clears throat> 19 to hit for the that's first one. Yep. 11 slashing damage. He does have multi-attack. He swings again for 25 to hit. Another 10 slashing damage. Nice. He deserved that after what he did. Yeah, holy shit. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, as you rip two giant gashes through this orc. Oh, man, um, I rolled a 1 on both of those 1d12s. 
That's really awful. Oh, it's a plus six. Oh, really? Wow. Those are, those are one rules? He gets a like a like an extra D eight. He gets Oh because of the... Yeah. Yeah. And the... Oh, that's an extreme amount of damage that they do. Yeah. They get Grom's Fury as well, yeah. Um yeah, you you tear him apart. Uh, Edric is is kind of dropped to the ground as this orc falls to the ground on his knees, looks up, he sees the sigil on the armor of this war chief in front of him. Obalt, have I forsaken my people? Why have you come back for me? As he as he starts to kind of interact uh, with this nearly shimmering image of this orc war chief from bygones past, you would assume. Did the war chief say anything? Yeah. Yeah, this is an actual summoning stone. And it's summoned... Yeah, summon an orc chief. Golik. I do not hold ill will against you for bringing a raiding party against this human village as he looks around. But know this. The creature that summoned me is owed a life debt to the many arrows, and you shall respect it. Gather what is left of your force and head back to the spine of the world. I do not care if you come this way again, but you do not bear ill will against Krug. As he kind of points over his shoulder towards... Uh, the draconian that summoned him. As you see, the war chief Golic cower beneath this figure. Um, then, if you can see the the what you would know as a, a spellcaster uh, fall to his knees and almost like you know the war not worthy uh, towards this. This war chief, who was the uh, Andre, you would know that this was a, a, a legendary great grand, great great grandfather of the legendary war chief, uh, king of the orcs, uh, currently uh, King Obald the Twenty Ninth. I'm not sure I can see him. He is right here. I don't have an image to post of him now. I will uh, have it up for you guys next session. But uh, as this this kind of shimmering orc lays down the law, uh, Golic stands, moves away from Edric, moves forward, Rock! 
gather what's left, and we shall leave. We shall go back to the spine of the world for now. Grab the sigils. We march out. And with that, he kind of grabs this, um, you know, large-looking horn and blows it. And uh, you see what orcs are left start to back away defensively. And they start to, you know, head towards the gate as contingencies of humans start to flood through the gates and chase after the orcs, uh, you know, stabbing and hacking along the way. And that's kind of the scene laid out in front of you. Are we still in initiative? Uh, We're still going to be in initiative as we head to Andre. Okay. Andre hearing Krug. And I got five feet in hand there. So hearing Krug saying, Edric, no. He's going to... He's kind of gotten closest to Edric already of this uh, venturing party. And that gets immediately pretty concerned. So he's even for movement now. Oh, this is going to be a hard one. Uh, Okay. He's going to move there. He has an additional five feet, which I'll add to. Okay, so he's within 60 feet of Edric. Now, do you mind if I have a quick... Um, can I take a perception to look at Edric from from here? Without yeah, absolutely. an action or anything like that? The investigation, though. Investigation. To look deeper. Uh, from what you can see, you see bloodstains like obvious signs of blood on kind of the, the, the white dyed fur cloak that he's wearing. Um, but you do notice he's very well held together. Um, the scars that he has, like the, the giant rents from the axe, uh, you see more, you see more of the, of the insides of his cloak, of his, you know, heavy winter clothing then you actually do uh, innards or blood or anything like that. He actually looks... He doesn't look that injured for someone that's been through so much. Okay. and Yeah, I wouldn't know much other than what kind of Krug called out. <clears throat> and uh, so... Wow. 60-foot range on Healing Word is fucking sweet. holy shit (laughs) so he's gonna uh, there we go it's just verbal sweet Um, so he's gonna cast healing word on Edric he says boy we have much much work to do yet because he's seeing just kind of some chaos here Um, yeah you've come out to the fray of a battle as you're yelling healing words, as you see orcs start to, you know, flee past you off the battlefield. Yeah. So I got five movement in hand. That's uh, 
for healing. It's not much, but it's a healing word. No. If you feed out, it's fucking sweet. It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> and took dash for an action, so that will be Andre's turn. And now I would recognize King Obalt, correct? Um, yeah, you see this. I mean, you, you, you can hear the interaction for the most part. They weren't being quiet. Uh, but now you can kind of see this. From where you're standing, you see this aberration of an orc. But you do see the, the many arrows insignia on it. And as you kind of look around, you, you, know, you see the burning, the burnt tree sigil on the banner in front of you. Uh, you see the severed hand on the, the banner to the left of you. Um, and you're kind of flooded with this, you know, these stories and tales of, of your youth. Again, this is not about uh, Kelvin's Cairn. This is about the struggle of Mithril Hall, which you are all too familiar with. Um, King Obald is a, a notorious figure. Um, and quite frankly, he held a truth with Mithril Hall for, for many, many years, begrudgingly especially to the dwarves, probably more so than the orcs, that have been very civilized for the last hundred years. Um, and now you kind of start to ponder where the breakdown has come from that two notoriously dangerous tribes have come together to, to wage an attack on a, a city in broad daylight. Interesting. Um, and if that is your turn, uh, we, we'll jump quickly to Sorn here. Sorn, are you still engaging in battle? If they're running away, I won't attack them running away. You can see them fleeing the battlefield. Uh, like, oh man, I don't know if anybody has seen, I don't want to get into it, but the new Lord of the Rings is just fucking <laughs> unbelievable. But like every you know, battle scene, you see them start to flee. They're obviously fleeing. Uh, the humans are chasing them, not vigorously, not violently, but they are chasing them down, a little bit of bloodlust. Uh, you see orcs being kind of hacked down as they flee uh, from the veterans, but they, they are trying to leave the battlefield and head back to the spine of the world. I'll just dash here and get a better look and I'll be done. Uh, Krug, yourself? Uh, as a turn? I'm not battling. No, I, I'm happy with them leaving. Okay. Um, as they all leave, you see the war chief, <laughs> war chief, you see the war chief walk towards you. And, uh, Sorry, just one second while I pull this up. As you see this war chief kind of walk towards you in this, you know, glimmering ethereal light. You would be Krug. As he kind of stares down at you um, with a very, very poised posture, very well spoken. My great nephew, 
great, great nephew, Karag, thanks you from beyond in the heaven of Gromash. We appreciate everything that you have done for him. Although he has passed on, his memory lives with you. And he kind of gives you a, uh, you know, clasped fist across his arm as you see him start to fade away. It's, it was always the least I could do. I just wish there was, there, I could have done more as I, uh, yeah, hang on tight to his clasped arm. And he, uh, he bows as he kind of fades out of existence. Um, you know, doesn't wisp away in smoke or anything like that. Just kind of fades, fades away. And uh, and the orcs, the orcs kind of begin to leave. Uh, the humans eventually, you know, slowly back off of them. Uh, Edric, you are <laughs> healed up to reasonable. And uh, if you guys are okay at this point, it's it's a little bit late. Are you guys okay if we we shut her down? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, Edric will say... just like hobble back. Oh, Edric. <laughs> um, Andre's Andre's probably gonna like loosely chase and just start heading back towards the sleigh as quick as he can in hopes that his fans doesn't pick up our sleigh of war. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that would be so shitty. Yeah, and it's like it's battle clan stuff. So Andre is a little bit torn, feeling stupid about leaving it. So. Yeah, the the orcs are leaving. Um, they're heading. Uh, they're heading more due south as you're kind of heading southeast. Uh, you know, back up towards your your prized possession of the ore, and uh, we'll kind of continue there. Uh, next week, uh, sorry we didn't make it as far as we could have, especially for Venice, who had to wait a little bit to join in. Um, but I, I appreciate it, guys. And, and next week we can start off here. And I think this is kind of this was a impromptu. Uh, next week we'll we'll start here and dive into some some really awesome lore, and uh, you know, kind of get you guys pointed in the right direction of of why you're here. Sounds good. That was a great session. Thanks, guys. That was great. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Your patience, guys. See you, guys. Ciao.